And hello, good afternoon, good evening, good welcome one and all, and welcome back to the double episode season finale special edition of Directionless Commentaries, Unsalted Popcorn, Big Finish, Big Bang, um, Up in the Apple Tree episodes of Doctor Who's podcast, my thing. Uh, there are words there that don't mean anything. Who cares? Um, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. And frankly, I'm already at the point where if my computer goes slow one more time, it's going to go flying out the window. If work could just sort their servers out, I'd be much appreciated. And so I decided I couldn't, wasn't up to this evening. And then my friend said, well, it's up to you. And I feel guilty. I thought, you know what? I'll just take the rest of the week off. Um, and when I say friends, I do, of course, mean the lovely lady in the hat who's still dancing to the theme tune. This is, of course, Laura Monmouth. Hi. <laughs> and the slightly more relaxed, laid back... <laughs> Sitting in a different room because we're going on the guided tour of the house. Uh, and it's John Carruthers. Hello. Um, you appear to be um, Morganless again this evening. Yeah, but not. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, yeah, I'd ask why, but I don't really care. Uh, no, she's 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 been the last couple of podcasts. I think have, have featured a newly regenerated mopey mopey teenager, <laughs> and, and I, I've just said quite convenient during Matt Smith's tenure. Absolutely. Uh, so, so I've just told her to to to, to reevaluate a couple of things and and come back uh, if, if if and when she chooses to do so. It's when I want to come back tonight. I went no. <laughs> so I, I, I did the first kind of dad thing I've ever done in my life. I put my foot down. I put my good foot down. So basically, what what you've decided is she's not quite match fit. She's not ready for the big occasion, yeah. so she needs to go away and work on her um, work on her special moves in training. Yes. Well, yeah. I don't know if it picked up in the podcast because you know you 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 you've, you've just uploaded it, but there was a point where, for no reason whatsoever, in the last podcast, she started to sing "Sweet Caroline." I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I just I, I just shot this kind of "If Looks Could Kill" sort of thing, and she was thinking, "What?" And she's got no recollection of doing it. Are you sure you didn't imagine it? Because I don't remember it either. <laughs> Well, I don't imagine it. She has no recollection of doing it. This sounds like Morgan's going through some kind of really, really tepid version of the butterfly effect. <laughs> so in years from now, she's going to scroll that, look, look in a diary, and there's going to be something like, Dad said that I sang Sweet Caroline on a podcast. <laughs> and she's going to go back to that point of singing Sweet Caroline on the podcast yep. and change your future. Tell you what, dear listeners, if 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 you are of a mind, if you are of a mind, um, on our Facebook page at Unsalted Popcorn, where uh, the 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 picture for tonight's for the, the last week's episode, next week's, I don't know what t- time is meaningless these days. Um, episode sixty nine, the picture is up, and nice. it's, I, I I I was quite chuffed with coming up with this idea, and I did it in that three minutes because I was tight on time, but I think it works. Um, if you've listened to the podcast, and if you hear Morgan starting to sing Sweet Caroline, can you put a note under that picture? If, however, you don't hear her do it, put a note on that as well, because currently there are it's three to one. Morgan says she didn't. I can't remember her doing it. Laura doesn't remember, but John swears blind it happened. And John drinks more than the rest of us on these podcasts, so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I also, I also uh, have a bit more of a tolerance to it on account of the fact that I'm um, true, true. alcoholic. So, um, Fair point. One of the things I drink as well, as I, as I said before the podcast started, I, I, I've bro- broken a toe. I never ever injure myself when I've been drinking. It's only when I'm sober. It's another reason why I drink more. Well, you get more relaxed, don't you? 
Yeah. I mean, although I I have as a counter argument, I did chip a bone in my foot when utterly rat arsed. Yeah. And I was so rat arsed that it took about fifteen minutes for the pain to kick in. <laughs> and when it did, oh boy, it hurt. And it did make me think that if I was sober, it would probably hurt a lot more. That's it, nothing. I, I once got so drunk I knocked over a pot plant, and I didn't know till the following morning. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, do you know what? I, I, I hate to, I hate to, I hate to uh, do this one upmanship thing, but I fell under a train drunk once. <laughs> <laughs> was the train moving? The train, thankfully, wasn't moving. <laughs> or else. Uh, <laughs> There would be there would be no me here to do the podcast. No, no, exactly. That's what I was. Maybe maybe we're talking to a ghost. Maybe yeah. Maybe this is what happened when Morgan is going to go back in time in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sing "Sweet Caroline." Shove. <laughs> One thing, other thing, I remember from the the foot incident was I was hyperventilating like an absolute sod. Uh, in the hospital because the pain had really kicked in and the alcohol yeah. was losing the battle and this snotty registrary nursey person accused me of being on drugs and I, so I refuted that claim and said I was bollocks and I was struggling to breathe and this is the really weird thing about how brains can work because when he said to me oh you're just hyperventilating I stopped and it's like, oh, that's what it is. Boom, done. <laughs> and it turns out that's how you stop me hyperventilating. Just tell me what's happening. Isn't like, the whole thing that you can stop someone sneezing by someone looks like they're about to sneeze. You say bless you to them and the mental. Oh, that might have such a cool superpower if that's true. But, but apparently it's true. I've, 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 te- I've tested this and it seems to work. What's that not kind of like the butterfly effect? Is that you're changing someone's destiny? I wonder if it works on cats and dogs. It's a predestination paradox. <laughs> because the, 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 only, the only reason you've said bless you is because someone's about to sneeze. They don't, therefore nullify in your blessing. Oh. Oh. Is that how come Trump got elected? That's that's exactly how. That's how. That's oh, I was going to. I was, was going to do a spoiler for the Big Bang now. And then, no, uh, no. No, we, we can't do that yet. But, um, well, actually, on that... that- on that seamless segue, uh, <laughs> I really hope that was Laura pouring a drink. Um, <laughs> hey. You're drinking coconuts. I'm drinking coconuts. Yes. I've Morgan's not here to sing the song now. Uh, <laughs> no mind. Um, I don't actually. Don't like sweet Caroline. <laughs> Which. Going off on one here. Which song would which song comes into your head with coconuts? You put the lime in the coconut. Yes, that's the one that that's. And I still I can't sing that song without seeing the Muppet episode in my head. With all the weird monsters, I think it's in the first episode or the, certainly the first series. All the weird monsters doing the lime in the coconut, and it's just ah, oh, I can't not have that in my head when coconut song kicks in. Anyway. <laughs> That's what he says more about me than anything else. Right, so, um, over to more intelligent people. So we are doing a double episode special tonight, Whoa. which, by the end of it, probably means all three of us won't be able to understand a word we're saying, which in John's case is not that unusual. Um, 
Okay. So we are watching The Pandora Opens, followed by The Big Bang, possibly the only Doctor Who episode that lends its name to a sitcom. Um, although there was there was the Doctor Who episode Friends from very early on, which wasn't very good. Um, so... Uh, I think John Nathan Turner was ahead of his time in coming up with uh, coming up with Frasier, to be honest. And, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the episode tossed salads and scrambled eggs from... Uh, Genius, from, actually. I mean, I didn't. was amazing. I, I did. I still don't know how he got that to work as a Dalek episode. <laughs> I mean, the Dalek Top chef. Scrambled eggs of the Daleks. Yeah, the Dalek chef was just <laughs> amazing. Um, so, so really, no tossed salads and scrambled exterminates. Nobody's going down that route. <laughs> no, I missed it. Um, right. So, what are we watching? What happens? What's going on? Uh, Fill me in. Well, we, 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 we've, just, we've just skipped 44 minutes of James Corden. That's basically where we are. So we're now in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did say last time that the lodger isn't that bad. It's, no. it's just the fact that they thought that, yeah, we'll get James Corden back because, you know. Yeah, this is it. Because the first one was actually quite good. The lodger isn't that bad. It's the fucking landlord that we have problems with. It, oh, I just don't understand why James Corden needs to be in anything. I mean, I do remember the History Boys, and he was very good in that. And then he became a twat. Um, which was the clean version, so I don't have to click the button. Right. So this is the end of Season 11. Now, we could do a quick little, what did we think? Season 11? Oh, shit, yeah. I'm way ahead of myself. It's because I'm, I'm just not. Well, I'm not. I'm yeah, gonna... we, we, we've we've just we've just had frog on a chair. Yep. Um, <laughs> James Corden playing the frog. Frog the frog on a chair. Yeah, which would actually that... be better casting. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh. and, uh, the finale was called the ravioli of Soto Bocce or something, wasn't it? Uh, I, can, I can't the, remember what the, it was the ravioli of Soto Bocce. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. No, I can't. I'm the, now the battle of. I can't remember. I now want to see the lodger with the frog in the role of James Corden. I want to see every show that James Corden's ever been in with a frog in his place. Just, just, just shits and, shits and giggles. I would, it would improve the late show no end. How did he get that gig? Anyway, right. Um, before we start bashing that drum, because we could be here for a while, because he gets fucking everywhere, that boy. Um, <laughs> do we want to have a quick chat about how we felt up till this point at the end of... <clears throat> Season five, or should we have that chat afterwards? Uh, well, at this point, I was really looking forward to this finale. Yeah, me too. Because we were going to get answers. Because we had had so we'd had far more clues given to us mm. to what was coming up in the at uh, the end of the series than we ever got with uh, Russell T Davis. Yes, that's well, true. Well, actually, I mean, we'll that, sorry, talk not so many it. clues, unanswered questions. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably talk more about it while we're, while we're actually watching the episode. But, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, do you know, I was, I was most interested in seeing how Stephen Moffat approached uh, season finale and how different or similar it would be to Russell T. Davis. So, I mean, this was the point where we were walking in with no idea. Oh, that's a good point, well, yeah. Well, the, 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 the tradition was we have a two-parter at the end and the first part of the two-part will be really, really good. Have a great, have a great cliffhanger, and then the second episode will probably be a little bit shit. Bit shit with a tearjerker ending. Yeah, that, that's basically what we were led to expect would yeah. be Doctor Who. 
And that, that, yeah. that kind of works for the full series and for the end of time as well. So. Yeah, because you yeah. kind of, I'd kind of already had forgotten, or I'd, I'd already managed to forget the Russell T Davis era through this period, and this is the first big showpiece event for Moffat, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. And as you said, he Shall kind of he had built it up and layered it and layered it with hints and clues, and he had, you know, he'd mentioned it a few things and done dropped a few things in and thereabouts as his as is his wont. So. Can you remember, were there any sort of major things you thought would get concluded before we started watching this? Well, I thought the crack would get concluded. Um, thought we'd get some more idea about the silence. Mm. Well, we probably thought the silence art was going to finish. We, we, I don't think at this point we knew it was going to be a kind of three-season-long arc. Well, no, but, but so was the crack. Yeah, that's yeah. true. In fact, the fact that they both spoilers get tied together right at the end. Yeah. Yes, good point. Right then, um, shall we dive in? Yeah. Shall we? Are you ready, John? Yes. Right. Are we all teed up and ready on the right episode? I think so. Yes. <laughs> the ones. Season, season eleven finale, isn't it? Season eleven finale. Yeah. Past the frog. <laughs> James Corden in a chair. Um, we're all set. So, dear listener, we are going to embark on the epic journey that is the Pandora Opens, followed by the Big Bang. And as ever, when we press play, you press play, and we will talk you through the finer points of everything you need to know about everything that was left unanswered in season, we've decided it was five, but it may have been 11, of Doctor <laughs> Who. And so, the Pandora Opens in three... Two, one, and play. No, it didn't open. Well, that was a crap countdown, Carl. You so, told me the Pandora would open in three seconds. Did it not? Mine's, no. a, mine's open. Hang on, whoa, whoa, why, why have we got... Oh, what the hell's he doing back? Yeah, do you not remember this? No. There's, there's a fair few callbacks to... Season five. I'm trying to work yeah. out why my great granddad's paintings in his room. Benson continues to scream and sob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking she would have been played brilliantly by Jessica. Jessica, what's her name? Here we go. Here's, here's Winston Churchill. Of course, we didn't watch the Winston Churchill episode. Well, that's not Winston Churchill. That's definitely not Winston with the, with Churchill. The, uh, with the multicoloured pepper pots. Yep. And, of course, uh, it doesn't really make sense because he was more or less told that he needed to go on the run. Yeah. And then uh, back to the dance, yeah. wasn't it? And now he's back with Winston Churchill for no notable reason. But I'm sure you'll find out how that happens in an upcoming Big Finish audio. <laughs> Um, very quickly while we're watching this oh yes good call back to, to that as well um, this is obviously a very sad day for the comedy world because we have lost Bobby Ball today um, yeah. also a very sad day for any comedians who don't believe that COVID-19 is real as that's what took him um, I also want to I, th I think this is kind of fitting there's a news story that's broken this evening and this is quite brilliant that apparently there is a rogue planet 
floating through our galaxy. Now, if that isn't the Borg coming to visit, or a Dalek ship, I don't know what is. Oh, and now, now people can move away from the COVID stuff and they can say, Nibiru is real! Yeah, oh, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Although you, 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 you get someone hilariously saying, oh, not in 2020. Well, you see, all this stuff now is, oh, well, it must be 2020, <laughs> ergo, it's going to be awful. I do remember quite liking this bit of the, the hallucinogenic lipstick. Oh, yes, that was... See, yeah. ah, I thought that happened in the previous episode. I'm now remembering yeah. it was in this one. I somehow had it locked in my brain that that happened before. Yep. I remember now I got quite excited when I realised that she was going to be in this episode. Yeah. I love River Song. I know that's not really a popular... A lot of people really don't, and I don't, I don't understand why. They no, don't. I don't get it. I absolutely love what she brings to the to the party Just, as someone who I love her own story arc, which we can't talk about too much because yeah. spoiler, sweetie. But I love what she brings to the role and what she brings to the Doctor yeah. as being his equal. Yeah, kind of backfits him a little bit, yeah. which I think he sometimes needs. Totally. Oh, hello, she's here as well. Yeah. Um, do you want some IMDb trivia? Oh, yes. so do I. River's main costume in this story was deliberately desi designed to evoke both Princess Leia and Han Solo from Star Wars. When did so Han Solo have boobs? Like, according to Toby Haynes, a female Han Solo. I don't remember Han Solo having cleavage. Yeah. I've watched I all the Star Wars films several times. The Princess Leia element. Yeah, I mean, e the, even... Oh, he's here as well. Even... Um, That's his first time, isn't it? Oh, is this his first it time? Is, it is, and if I could put a background on, I was actually going to put a picture of a fat smurf behind me. <laughs> can you, can you still I, not? Do you have one saved? Can you, you, you still can't put... Oh, God, John's just gone to go and get a picture he's got of a fat smurf. I don't... I just dropped something and nearly killed the cat. <laughs> the cat... Uh, so the cat's now going to invent time travel, and it's the cat that shoves you under the train. That's the worst way of saying that you you you, you farted and almost killed the cat I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm trying to think that what. That, why is your cat a fat Smurf? That just seems un unnatural. It seems wrong. But uh, we 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 missed it. But the uh, the big fat Smurf pretty much alludes to the fact that he's stolen uh, and cut off Captain Jack's hand, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. well, you know, you can cut Captain Jack's hand. If it stops growing, he just becomes a gigantic head in a jar eventually, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. My God, we've actually, I've only just realised we haven't actually seen the Doctor up to this point. That's yeah. really weird. Yeah. I, I think this is what a good man tries, uh, goes to war tries to do in Series 6, in just like introducing a ton of characters again before yeah. giving you the Doctor. Yeah. Although that episode does it for a lot longer. But that was done really well because you didn't actually notice the Doctor wasn't there because all these other great characters were coming at you and a fat smurf. Mm. I mean, James Corden, unfortunately, didn't reappear. Well, apparently it's in his contract you're not allowed to call him the fat smurf. Yeah. Which is a shame because he'd make a brilliant fat smurf. I'm going to keep <laughs> saying fat smurf. I may change my Twitter handle to fat smurf. Fat smurf. It's the best <laughs> word ever. Oh, that's bad. That was bad CGI-ery. You could tell that wasn't a real plant. 
that is, that's obviously a tree, but previously they were clearly just on either in a museum or something. It was it was not well done. Ah, ah penny drops. I'm up to speed. It's fantastic. I, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, Laura, but it's just great re-watching these episodes with Kag because it's like, sometimes it's like he's watching it for the first time. <laughs> and it's great, isn't it? Oh my God, he travels through time in that boat. <laughs> <laughs> I basically, you're watching this with a goldfish. Morgan, Morgan was adamant that she hadn't seen the last episode. Yeah, but she thinks she didn't sing Sweet Caroline. Yeah, I know, absolutely. See, that's, that, that, that's what I've got. She said, I've never seen this one. I went, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was one is... of the reasons she wanted to go to a Van Gogh exhibition. Now, that's more layer. Yes. Cleopatra coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> that's just... For the younger listeners, that's a pop reference you're not going to get. That's absolutely. Isn't it weird? There was a single pop music back in 1998, which wasn't completely offensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird, though, because, you know, you expect, you, you know, I would expect uh, people maybe of Morgan's age to know about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, and obviously modern music as well, but there's this weird kind of middle ground where yeah. you don't expect her to know stuff from the late 90s. Well, it's mainly because it was shite. That's just reminded me, I have seen, I'm sure it was Cleopatra, well, Cleopatra the three black girls. There was, there was definitely more than one of them. Yeah, I know that. I think it was Cleopatra, I think. But there was another pop group around the same time. One of them was French and she was gorgeous. I interviewed her. Um, one of those Radio 1 show things came to Ipswich. So I have the dubious honour, and I'm using the word live in its loosest loosest sense I have seen I think it was Cleopatra it was definitely Bewitched oh god and Fragma versus Coco live unbelievably Fragma versus Coco were the opening act and did one song who saw that coming and it was basically an hour and a half of outdoor karaoke brilliant I'm sure it wasn't even karaoke. Well, technically, well, no, I think it, it was karaoke. I'm sure that the only time the mics were actually live was for the inevitable, you make some noise! Um, <laughs> Fragma versus Coco was alarmingly note-perfect, so you're probably right. I don't think she even had the balls to try and shout at the audience and risk having the mic switched on. But Bewitched and the other lot definitely sang live because they were a bit flat. I'm just thinking it'd be great if they even pre-recorded the make some noise stuff. They get someone oh. else to do that. That's and it's so amazing. You never go onto any music forums nowadays on Facebook and say, do you know what? Worst gig I ever saw. I mean, they were brilliant elsewhere, but when I went and saw Bewitched in Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> Bewitched in Ipswich, my God. Actually, you're talking about putting the in-between song banter on tape as well. Um, Blackie Lawless from Wasp is famous for if you go and see more than one Wasp show on a tour, you get exactly the same in between song bits of bits of blurb every single night. He hasn't even got the ability to learn a different phrase or saying. He scripts the whole thing for ninety minutes. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a fire breaks out and you know there's a lamb's grub yeah I'm as good at that as I <laughs> uh, it's, it's like a, uh, uh, or you go hello Glasgow yeah 
Scream for me, insert name here. <laughs> Apparently they were told they couldn't touch the stones in Stonehenge. And I've just seen Matt Smith touch at least two. Yeah, but, but if you look at that, that's not actually Stonehenge. And the stones they were touching weren't the real ones. They this bit, is Stonehenge. Yeah, but they were bits of polystyrene in front of them. That's not real stone. That's, see, that's not a real stone. See, told no, you. That's not. Told you. I know, I know stuff. I can I spot. Know, I used to live by Stonehenge. Do they, do they genuinely move it six feet to the left twice a year to put the clock to the stones back and the stones they, fall? They do, yeah. Yeah, I totally thought so. true. Yeah. Yeah, I believe. Let's go forward. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they do. They do. They pick it up and it keeps the sun aligned. Yep. I mean, it's actually it's a bit harsh because it's a bunch of people on zero hours contracts and they only get to work twice a year, but it keeps unemployment figures down. Fucking Tories, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, Serco operate it now, obviously. <laughs> so Stonehenge has actually been three hours out of time for the last five years. <laughs> It's actually, it's actually one of the dullest places I've ever been to. And you live in West Bromwich. I know, there's, there's plenty that happens here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, true. But that doesn't make it interesting. I mean, it's, actually, it's actually quite nice. This, though, I don't believe is underneath. Well, you say that. I but don't think this, this bit here is based on fact. But but they but they opened the fake stone to reveal the the real stairs. I mean, are you saying that? I what... know, I know. But if it was real, there, there there would also be a load of people jeering from over the side of the road by the service station, <laughs> and a load of old people who've just arrived on a bus from Salisbury, uh, complaining that they only get two hours at the stones, and then. Once they've got bored after 20 minutes complaining that they've got an hour and 40 minutes to wait before they can get a bus back. True story. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, who, who needs two hours at Stonehenge? I mean, turn up, stones. I'm done. What? My mum always used to tell me a story that um, when, when, when she was young, so we're talking like early 50s, mid 50s, yeah. they were allowed to go <laughs> climb on the stones and... Health and safety gone mad is what I'm saying. <laughs> you can't you can't go and risk your your, your well being by assailing a twelve foot high monolith. Oh, presumably <laughs> that's that's because Serco right. don't want to be sued. Um, when he, when she says aloud, was it the fact that the beat bobbies were so busy pottering about villages and chatting to mums and giving little Johnny a clip round the ear for being cheeky, that they weren't actually paying attention to the big stuff. That's just the security was shit. Ah, that'd be it. They, they, they weren't actually allowed. They were encouraged to do it. <laughs> they were just saying, do you know what? Get yourself up on the hinge. <laughs> <laughs> that was two hours. Two hours would pass in no time. Can I just come back to the episode just for a second and just point out the Why? doctor's reference to the trickster there? Because that's when I thought, oh, we're going to get a crossover. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, I would love to see the trickster in Doctor Who as opposed to just Sarah Jane, but no. I genuinely thought at that point, oh, they're sowing the seeds. And there'd been a reference already with, in the Tenant era. Hadn't there had with, um, what was the episode called? can't remember. We never, we never talked about it. <laughs> Don't oh. go right. Oh, is, is, is that is that the one that we left behind? We didn't do. That was a strange turn, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was. It was the one that we didn't do. Um, had we done it though, events could have taken an entirely different. 
interestingly, I've just remembered that I had the same thought first time round as I just thought was a new thought because I forget I've watched stuff. And the minute we enter the room and see that thing, my first, my brain just goes ball cube. Yeah. I can't see a big square thing without assuming there are kind of Borg living inside it. I thought you said pool cue. Pool cue? Like you assume it's a giant piece of chalk for a Well, it could be. It could be. You don't want to see the cue, trust me. I thought you said pork cube there. It's Philip Schofield's new late night ITV show. I thought that was the that was the short short lived indie band from nineteen ninety four. They had their one minor hit played the Glastonbury a side ten at Glastonbury we never heard from again. I'm sure that was Pork Cube. They were great. Even on before Cleopatra. Yeah, they they supported Long Pig. Thank you. Music reference that even I vaguely get. Excellent. How many? Actually, Laura will know the answer to this. How many albums did Long Ping actually manage? Two. Well, I've heard really? one. It wasn't bad. Just see one. Yeah. No, they, they 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 did two. They did the good one and then the one that no one remembers. I'm assuming it's a good. The one good one's the one with she said and on and on uh, far and lost myself as a four singles. Okay, if you say so. And also the song Jesus Christ, which is a great song. And then the second album, and that, that album was The Sun Is Off Tonight. Um, and then the second album was, I want to say Mobile Home or something like that. Sure, why not? Began with an M. Began with an M. I have no idea. I had no idea. Did I say that? I've got the first album somewhere, which, as I'm saying out loud now, I realise that in this age of technology, I've got every album kind of almost accessible to me. Well, you say that, but some albums have disappeared from the universe. Mobile Home, Mobile home. well Mobile. done. How many albums did Cleopatra have? Who? Cleopatra. I think it was one. Cleopatra? I know, I'm going to say two. Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to take a guess at two. I'm going to say two. Um, do you know, it'll be one of these ones where they had like one fucking single, uh, but they've actually released an album every two years since <laughs> 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Well, their biography is Coming At You, which was their debut album, yeah. Stepping Out, which was their second album, television sitcom, which was not an album, but a television sitcom. They got what? <laughs> there was a sitcom? They had a sitcom on CITV. Oh, my oh, God. I guess that's the dream, isn't it? You become a pop well, star. I'll just point to get out, this... I was right. Two albums. Well done, them. That's two more than they deserved. Oh, oh it's it's this, this is where it gets exciting. Oh, that's a bit. It says in the uh, trivia that they were only allowed to be on Stonehenge for one night, so it's amazing that they managed yeah, to well, spaceships and everything in the sky well, during that one night. Well, they're very lucky. If you time it right, you see, you will manage to film an alien invasion at Stonehenge because they happen about three times a week. This is true. After they did all the filming, they were really annoyed because they still had to hang about for an hour and 40 minutes before they could leave. Because <laughs> 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 that, that, that's how film crews get there. Yep. Train to Salisbury. <laughs> Wait for the bus outside Salisbury Railway Station, and they have to go on the <laughs> hour and a half bus ride to Sodding Ainsbury. Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
all the equipment on them. That's what prevented the last Dalek invasion. <laughs> they they got bored <laughs> waiting for the bus. Yeah, they were just like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, the Greggs was closed at the service station. They went, oh, fuck this. Let's go to, let's go to Pluto. They, they've got a Burger King. Daleks try and get up those tiny steps on a bus. Yeah, not wheelchair accessible. <laughs> no, I know. And they're not usually only one wheelchair bit as well. They probably had to build it the There's smallest There's only one Dalek at a time, unfortunately. It's the smallest invasion ever. Every two hours, I just like, for fuck's sake. In fact, no, no, you can have two Daleks. One can go in the Dalek space. The other one has to be packed away and the actual Dalek taken out and carried by the mother. (laughs) (laughs) For a second there, I thought he was holding a gun. I thought, fuck me, the rope Romans were more advanced than I thought. Oh, no, it's his sword. It's fine. I can hear Romans and I heard (laughs) Roadrunners. I just, I've never noticed this before. Shock, I don't pay attention. I know this. Her hair actually matches her coat at this point. Maybe they are one and the same. I think they might be. Also, you can so tell that that's Arthur Darbell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leave him as dark as you want. You can tell it's Rory. Yeah. Well, let's face it. He's got only one position and posture and one facial expression. But, but uh, don't make him as dark as you want because, I mean, even the BBC draws a line of black face. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you say that. This was 2010. This was a different time, John. That's yeah. absolutely. You know what? Yeah, you the could. Michael gone mad. You could black up. You could fiddle with kids. You could abuse your position of trust. It was fine back then. It was a much simpler time. All three. all three in the one go. Yep. I mean, these days it's all political greatness gone mad. But back then it was. Oh, it was. It was. It was so much easier for everyone. Oh, I forgot that Amy found um, found her ring. What? I said oh, I yeah. forgot that Amy found her ring. Oh right, I, 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 th- I, th- I thought I thought I thought that was a thing from the specialist parody version. Yeah, it's clearly from Torchwood. Edge of the Torchwood. That's a porn cube, aren't we? Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. She finds it at the end of the lodger, doesn't doesn't she? She. If you say so, I, I mean, now am I supposed to remember? Which we didn't watch. A random question. Does anybody know what tier Norfolk is in at the moment? Because I suddenly realise I don't. Is everyone in... Is, is tier two the default setting? Say again? Is tier two the default setting? Well, for this, yeah. Yeah, and for a generally life outside in the real world where we don't go. Um, no, there are still some places, mostly Tory councils, that are in tier one. Ah, oh, very enough then. Well, okay, we're probably tier one because there are a bunch of... Sycophantic bastards who don't do as. I'm assuming you're tier one. I'm kind of all right. Uh, uh, you know, as, as long as you stay safe, can't just let all the Tories die. I'm not allowed to say that. Have you become political now? I apologise. Delete that. But uh, no, no, keep that in because, frankly, if all the Tories die tomorrow, I possibly would break all the rules and have a massive street party with my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go and hug every every Labour supporter in or Green Party supporter in this county. All four of us would have a great right. day out. Oh. You're, you're basically describing Thanos with a social conscience. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. See, if Thanos had been a bit more specific, I'd have sympathised. that line. <laughs> if he targeted people who deserved it, such as Tories... I don't Did you just use the term target there because Matt Smith just said, look at me, I'm a target? No. Did that just... 
the volume's so low, I've got no idea what they're talking Seep about. into your conversation there because of that. I'm going to claim it's because I remembered that bit from a previous time I watched it. <laughs> this is great, though, because uh, was this not one of the few times, uh, one of the first times that when you actually see the, 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 the season trailer that they had at the beginning of season five, that actually showing footage from almost the finale? Because they actually yeah. showed a bit with Matt Smith and Karen Gillan giving each other that kind of really awkward thumbs up. And of course, we didn't know that it was going to be like nearly three months till we saw it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't happen very often, does it? Yeah. Oh, that's a cracking pair of boots. I didn't think Cybermen wore boots. Oh, that's awkward. I can. I'm hearing about this episode again. I'm kind of like, this, this isn't something that's happened before, is it? That the Cyberman heads have the ability to... No, that's new. All that stuff is new. All, all this. Yeah. They haven't previously been able to suddenly suddenly create a fact. And that's definitely new. Yeah. But all the tentacle things, that's not happened before. They just they, they, they do they do change the Cybermen a lot, the, uh, the the Cybermen's abilities and weaknesses a lot more than any other enemy. Well, to be fair, you can't really do much with the Daleks apart from give them a whisk and make them fly. Yeah, but Cybermen are supposed to be able to develop and evolve as they. I was going to say assimilate, but that's the Borgs again. Yeah, there's supposed to be this kind of symbiosis between the the kind of although they've completely removed the emotions and stuff, but, but, but you know, there's still supposed to be kind of an element of the fact that they almost need to build upon a human to do it as opposed to just making a bunch of robots. Yeah. And this, this kind of almost flies in the face of it if it's just like skeletons underneath. I know. You're just kind of going, where does the, where does the man stop? Yeah. But there's no, there's no way those wires just randomly connect to everything that they're supposed to inside. Yeah, no bloody way. I mean, I'm no electrical engineer. Just, I'll just leave that there. Do you want a couple of uh, items of really dull IMDb trivia? Oh, definitely. Engineers, the first one. Okay. Uh, the story is set at Stonehenge, and the episode broadcasts just a few days before the real summer solstice. <gasps> wow. It's incredible, incredible trip. I, I love this one. I love this one. The Doctor and Amy Pond visit a jungle planet called Planet One. The scene predicted Karen Gillan starring in the movie Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, several years later. That's brilliant. So basically, because of one thing, the other clearly happened. <laughs> predicted. I can't, I, can't, I can't wait till Peter Capaldi appears in World War Z as the World Health Organization doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone went crazy about that. It's like Peter Capaldi see, was. See, that's a good one. That is a good one. Especially when it is shortened to Who Doctor. Yeah. That's who Doctor. So much better. Shot, I mean, that was doctor. genius. I remember, well, I remember people kind of going, because, uh, of course, Matt Smith had already said he was leaving. I didn't know who the next Doctor was going to be. And people were already going, oh, it'll be Peter Capaldi because of that. And oh, I'm so glad they were wrong. So glad they were wrong. Yeah, but that was such a brilliant... I mean, I, I remember the, the hype and the buzz and the excitement around the fact that it, clearly he got that part because he was going to be the new Doctor. It was The logic behind it was utterly yeah. brilliant. 
I imagine now the same sort of people tell you that masks kill you. Well, there were other people that thought Chris Marshall left at Death in Paradise to go back and be cast as the the next Doctor. As the, the Doctor, in the same way that he left my family to several years earlier, be cast as the next Doctor. At some point, <laughs> he's actually going to be cast as the Doctor, and no one will see it coming. We'll all think he was shit. Yeah. Here we go. Why is he carrying a gun? This is done so well. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is done so well. Just, just this bit right now. Is he about to sneeze? <laughs> but you know why it's done well? It's because he doesn't. Rory doesn't actually have to do any proper acting. He just has to physically react. He's capable of physically reacting. Now he's got to act and it all goes to shit. I like Rory. I, I know. also like Rory. Two to one, can you lose? <laughs> yeah, but it's my show. Morgan! <laughs> <laughs> Sweet <laughs> Caroline! <laughs> Are we allowed to do that? Do we need to pay royalties? No, you're fine. You, you, you can't do the Baba Bows because that's, that's what the royalties are linked to. You can, uh, sing that, you can sing that one line forever. He doesn't get a penny. The minute you go ba ba ba, and everyone joins in. I can't say it loud now because the dogs will join in. And that's when he gets paid. Very cunning. It's very difficult to do it without doing that. But It is, totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm not totally sure that they aren't all one, one word. You know, it's, da, 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 da. it's all just one long <laughs> sentence. <laughs> bit more trivia before it opens oh go on then seven, seven wonderful words this is all it says seven plump actors were seen for Dorian not brilliant. auditioned seen. seen brilliant seven plump actors I'd imagine that audition that casting call now would get quite a lot of hate online no, so it's look, looking for a plump actor aged between 40 and 55 yeah well, that could be uh, blue. <laughs> Frankly, if they, didn't, if they don't cast Richard Rycroft at that point, they're not doing their job properly. Must bring on paint. Confused Romans. I'm sure they were another Still band. I can't from... work out whether I prefer this version or the Sylvester McCoy version. I prefer the Sylvester McCoy version. What, of Confused Romans? No. Yes. <laughs> of, 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 of this of speech. Doctor, of the Doctor's speech. There is a Sylvester McCoy version of this, and I've heard it. Well, I'm, it's it... on YouTube. It is, isn't it? Is it still on there, do you know? You know it's been uh, years think... since I've seen it. I think it's still on YouTube. I'll, I'll, I'll try and look it out. Right it's now. great. I can't remember where it was done. It was like done in a, like a part of an interview or something, wasn't it? Maybe a Comic Con or something. So he actually he so Sylvester McCoy's done this speech rather than yeah, like, this like is a few weeks later. It, it appeared somewhere and uh, basically just got given the scripts and just did the entire <laughs> speech. It's ace. I think someone I think someone commented on the fact that it sounded like a very kind of Seventh Doctor speech. Yeah. And then uh, they, they got to they got to, to read it. 
He'll do anything on money, that boy. Cool. It's just the same speech, but he rolls his arms more. <laughs> <laughs> you realise now why the CGI was shit in most of the other episodes, because it all went on this. Yeah. Apart from the jungle planet that you didn't like. It just looked crap. But then you see you've got all the ships, so you kind of... It did, but at least they improved that by Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Karen Gillan actually walked on set and said, do you know what I learned from the mistakes of uh, an episode of Doctor Who I did back in 2010? Here's how you can improve this jungle. (laughs) I'm genuinely surprised there isn't a a spoiler here saying um, Dorium is the colour blue. Karen Gillan, who plays Amy Pons... It's also blue yes. in the films. I mean, that's just such an obvious link that like, I can't believe they've missed it. Uh, we're, we're, Welcome we're, to we're the jungle. Them. We've got <laughs> our own TARDIS. Can you, still just, can you just add on IMDb? Because I might just add that as some trivia. I think you should. I, I, I used to constantly be on the IMDb forums till they removed them because people just constantly trolled. Again, that might have been something to do with me. <laughs> It's not everything's about you, John. Yeah. Most of it. Well, true. This is so there's, 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 a bit, there's a bit coming up with River Song and the TARDIS that, 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 that I really, and we will get to, but there's, the, Stephen Moffat wasn't happy with it. And and I, I still to this day don't understand why, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it shortly. If that isn't the album cover for an indie band at some point, <laughs> do you mean do, 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 do you mean the first bit of the bit which gets repeated like six times? The the Rory and the Doctor. No no no, John John John. The, uh, I'll tell you when we get to it. Okay okay. It's the, how, uh, you might have it in IMDb trivia there in front of you. I don't know, but uh, there's, <laughs> there's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk too much about it because it's not happened yet. And you know, when we're talking about River Song, you really shouldn't mention spoilers. No, definitely not. She's very against spoilers. Do, do, do you remember the issue with that date? 26th of June. No, uh, well, of, course, of course I don't. It was the was it not supposed to be the date? Is that not the date the finale aired? It was supposed to be the day of the finale, and then Eurovision happened and preempted Doctor Who and pushed it back a week. So the rest ah. of the series was a week out of sync. <laughs> now, see, if they just moved the stones at the right time, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, 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 I was sure that it was supposed to be related to. It was supposed to be the day that it aired, and then it fucked up. Oops. That would have been so good if it had, if it had happened. I mean, so if instead you... it happened on the thirty third of the thirty third of June. Yep. yep, which I believe actually did did actually take occur this year because you know twenty twenty. Yeah. Look, look at that background and tell me they didn't look at a Borg cube and go, "We'll have that." Just because it's square. Yeah, it's square, it's square and got the circly bits, and it's it's a Borg cube. Although, grant you, if the bork the bork coming out of that particular cube would be rather small, and probably quite easy to defeat, you just stamp Quartz on them. Smarts, 
Borg Smurfs would be amazing. <laughs> You've come to Smurfing, Smurfing Assimilate You. That's it. Okay, so this part yep. was broadcast on the 19th of June. Ah. It was supposed to have been on the 26th of June for that to have made sense, because obviously the wedding takes place on the 26th of June. Mm-hmm. But this whole part here was supposed to have been on the 26th of June, and then the finale... So I suppose the finale did happen on the twenty. You know, the finale did happen on the twenty sixth of June. Yeah, the twenty sixth of June. Have I got this right? That means the final episode. The final episode was twenty sixth of June. I like the slow typing that's going on at this point. This is brilliant. Anyway, just 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 when you heard there, the the silence will fall. Silence will fall. Silence will fall, and then you you do hear it again later. But Stephen Moffat didn't like the voice. You know the kind of really sinister silence, but you know. Oh, sorry. Yes. It possibly sounds a little bit too. I don't know because the first time I saw it, a lot of people said, "Well, it could be like a distorted Davros or something." See, I actually misheard what John said and thought he said that Stephen Moffat didn't like the boys. And I was trying to work out how he'd managed to watch that show back in 2010. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, but it when, when River Song goes back into the TARDIS, you do hear it again. So when you listen out to it, but, but, but I always thought that it sounded like really kind of really sinister sounding. Yeah. And I liked it, but Stephen Moffat clearly didn't. And you never hear it again because I think that's. That's how the silence was supposed to sound. And then See, they I, just kind of... I kind of liked the... Made the, them kind of... I, I liked it as well, but... Yeah. There was... Whoever's... Can you... To typing away on a keyboard. Type more quietly. It's, it's coming through. We're recording it. It's, it's not typing. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm using the scroll on the mouse. <laughs> Your mouse needs oiling, love. My, my son's screaming for some reason. I'm not sure why. I'm sure it's not important. As long as he's got all his limbs intact. Yeah. No, it, it, sounds, it sounds more petulant than... I'd stay out of it then. Yeah, I'm not getting involved. I got it the other way around. They were expecting the episode to be preempted by Eurovision 2010, but ah. it wasn't. Ah. So this one should have been on the 26th of June with the finale on the 3rd of July. But the episode Doctor did not get preempted that year by Eurovision. In the past, it always had been had. But there was always a, a two-week yeah. gap in yes. May. I'll be back in a moment, guys. Sorry. Wait, wait, wait for him to go. Wait for him to go. Wait for him to go. Excellent. Right now, we can talk about him because he's not here. <laughs> Oh, my little fitness bracelet thing has told me I've been sitting down for too long. Well, sorry, mate. I'm watching an episode of Doctor Who. I'm not suggesting that I have an issue with buying stuff I don't need. But, as my Fitbit had decided to die, 
because it couldn't hold charge for more than like two hours, which isn't a lot of use when you need to wear it on your wrist all the time. I decided to buy myself a new one, not a Fitbit. I got a cheap one because I wanted to record all the activity I do. Oh, please don't. Please don't go down that road with this. <laughs> just, no, no. I thought it's where you were going, and then I thought, no. You're no, I, I, I wasn't even going there with that. It's just, I'm not known for jogging, walking, moving, anything. I occasionally sit on an exercise bike, and that's your lot. I haven't done that in weeks. Yeah. Just sat on it. Just sat on it. It doesn't move on. It just sat yeah. on it. uses that in a makeshift seat. I have, been, I have been known to sit on there and occasionally push the pedals while reading a comic. It's quite relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> When, 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 when you said about uh, when it, just just wait till I'm going and then talk about me, I muted you, but I still had my earphones on, my wireless earphones. So I just heard you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was disappointed that you didn't take advantage. Well, you know, I, I I didn't think it was right that we said those things about you and you weren't here to defend yourself. Um, yeah, that's true. That's a very early mobile phone he's on. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Is it wrong that I'm having a far more in-depth conversation with my ex-wife than I've ever had with my current girlfriend? Possibly wrong that you've highlighted it in a podcast. And right, neither. <laughs> Not like neither. As if you're doing it right now while you're supposed to be podcasting. There is that small point. Yep. <laughs> the joys of WhatsApp. I can multitask. I really can't. <laughs> Not without bringing it up. No. <laughs> yeah. Look, the whole point of a podcast by, as, as a friend of mine, as a friend of ours, I suspect, pointed out on uh, Facebook. It's it's the current white man thing that white white man has podcast and if you have a podcast you have to say what's on your mind so there's no secrets and I'm also safe because I know she doesn't listen so it's fine. Hey. Uh, my friend Joe McEwen said that as just a comedian's equivalent, you you can't you can't actually say oh we should just meet up and have a pint or something. <laughs> you actually just have to. I'm just gonna. <laughs> It is. It's totally that. I mean, I like the fact that we've we found a, a, a unique selling point that no one else is doing this, and everything else is just comedians trying to be funny into a microphone. And we gave up trying to be funny some time ago, hence our careers. Well, um, before we started comedy, all of us. So, yeah. Well, yes, exactly. I used to be funny, then I became a comedian. Um, well, if this bit teaches us anything, it's that somebody constantly telling you that you should remember them. Eventually, even when they've been erased from history, you will remember them. Yeah, I had an ex-girlfriend who worked on that basis. It got a bit scary and I left. And why doesn't Rory deactivate like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe it's because he's not a proper I know, Roman. I know, I know he fights it and everything, but and also, by it, I'm but... I I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the whole of Salisbury Plain doesn't catch fire as it should do, given the fact he just dropped his torch on the ground. <coughs> it, but that's just two thousand years ago. It may have done. Ah, oh, good point. 
so much light inside it. Once it's open, there's no light. Where's the so much it's light? It's a fridge. It's a fridge. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. So was that light on the entire time? Well, we yeah. don't know because the door was shut. You need to ask Matt. Prove it. So what you need to do is actually have your head inside, your body outside, while we close the door, and then we can find out. Or you can just find a little switch on the inside no, of the please. fridge door and press it in and go, ah. I have my, genuinely... My, my friend's daughter actually set our, our, our camera phone to record and put it in the fridge and close the fridge door and then watch back the footage. And I was just like, there was an easier way to do that. I mean, I'm not saying as you grow up that this isn't a question you ask yourself when you're seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. But a bit of investigation and what does that little switchy do teaches you all you need to know. I do. Uh, to be fair, I, I did the same thing. I set up a camera in my fridge, but then um, it was really weird because the borrowers who live in my house were all inside <laughs> there, and things they get up to are just fucking nasty. Oh, the borrowers are filthy. I know. I mean, honestly, don't keep celery in your fridge. That's all I'm saying. I know. So uh, don't, don't don't keep the mayonnaise. Don't keep the mayonnaise there after it's all. It's more. It's, it was more the spring onions. <laughs> they Ge- are quite small. Genuinely, I think the best thing I the best slash worst thing I've ever seen at a comedy night was a newer comedian thought he'd found this fantastic bit of material about the fridge light being off or on and this was like three years ago it was like mate it wasn't edgy 20 years ago and you think you found some new level of comedy gold (laughs) perhaps I don't know watch a comedian occasionally oh yay we get to see them you paradise Alex I mean, the cynic, the cynic in me back in 99 thought the Jar Jar Binks had only been invented so to, you know, sell, sell a new brand of toys, but multicoloured Daleks. To be fair, the Daleks weren't invented to sell toys. That was just a very handy spin-off. George Lucas, however, saw it the other way round and hey-ho. Yeah. And Jar Jar Binks, I mean, again, they won't listen to this so I can talk about it. My best mate's sister actually attended weddings and christenings with her Jar Jar Binks backpack where the ears were busy flapping around. And he's like, I'm, I'm not totally sure that that's formal evening wear, I can think. <laughs> Why when all of the Doctor's enemies phase into the picture, are they all walking forward? Why would they be walking forward? Why did the Sontarans suddenly appear walking forward? Well, because you walk into the that. because you walk into the phasey thing, and when you phase out of the phasey thing, you're still moving. It's not a transporter. Surely it was like a transporter no. that you just stay still and then materialize still. No, no, no that's because because the son. Sorry, John. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've I now mean, got excited and talked over each other. Trying to work out whether we're talking about a Star Trek X materialization device or whether we're talking about a portal here. Well, and it's never explained that goddamn Stephen Moffat. No, it's the biggest question I have from the entire run. I think we that. have to take on board the fact that everyone is moving forward. It's like um, Stargazer. So you walk into the thing, so you're still walking when you come out of the thing. Rather than you stand there and someone else shifts a couple of sliders and you go, 
and you appear exactly as you were standing before. It just seems it'd be more dangerous if you're like moving people's particles for them to be moving at the it, time. It just seems more can go wrong. It does, also, doesn't it? My, my main question is why were the Silurians there, considering uh, you know they were they weren't a space an advanced space age race two thousand years ago, and they definitely hadn't shown any signs of being able to travel through time. No, surely they were all lying asleep, cryogenically stored somewhere. All aliens matter, John. They're not aliens. Shush. I mean that weird potato thing with teeth. What's what's he doing there? And also, more That's importantly, great. why, when surrounded by a bunch of humans, are the Cybermen not just busy assimilating them before they crack on killing the Doctor? Because generally, as a rule, when faced with the Doctor, they get tend to get sidetracked by life forms that they can become make Cyber people. Well, the because they're not life forms. No, but you know what I mean. The Cybermen turn up, the Doctor's over there, he's the enemy, we're going to kill him. Oh, humans, we'll get them first. And they kind of get sidetracked with making a bigger cyber army rather than just doing the thing in front of them. It's as if we so were Cybermen, you know? This is, this is uh, the prerequisite here is that they've created some sort of alliance because they think the Doctor's responsible for ending the universe. So they've, 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 they've cast all their differences aside. This is beautiful. This is this is Martin Luther King style, you know. Uh, I like that, so, yes. So Hang what, on, are, are, we, are, are we saying Martin Luther King dream. was a Cyberman? No, I'm saying Martin Luther King had a dream that these guys could all kind of get on with each other and throw a, a doctor in a box. So to borrow somebody else's... Um, short story title Do Cybermen Dream of America's Civil Rights Activists? <laughs> that was a convoluted way to get to a punchline, <laughs> but not the most convoluted. No, I've, I've... that ain't the most convoluted in this podcast. <laughs> That's true. Oh, god, the stars are going out. Oh, no, oh, constantly, every finale. Is that not a song by Coldplay? Right. Probably. Are we going to pause? But, th- but thankfully, uh, I, I stuck that in a crack and that's now been erased from history. Because <laughs> I, I, I do these things for the greater good. Um, I'm, assume, I'm, crack. I'm assuming that that was a very well-steamed crack you put it in. Um, <laughs> Are we pausing this or keep I was, going? I was, I was about to I'm say... I'm going to the toilets. We're going to pause for a quick toilet break, which I'm not going to edit out, so bear that in mind, people. Um... And we're going to quickly... Well, that's fine, as long as you don't take the microphone with you. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just going to put it and point it at two snoring dogs and see what happens. I'll take my, I'll take my earphones out then. Right, you do that. I'm going to get another drink and something, something to eat because I'm hungry. And we'll reconvene in two seconds. It appears, dear listener, that as always, because I live in the smallest building, I am back first. Do hope you enjoy these podcasts. Oh, I can, see, I can see the dog. Oh, that's nice. Both dogs just getting in the way of the camera of Khan. Maybe we should talk about the episode a little bit more. Who knows? Who well, knows? Give it, a, give it a go. The dogs are interested. Maybe we shouldn't just spend our time talking about dogs or things that don't matter. She says, feeding hand to a dog. So another 53 minutes of this episode left. And that's not including everything that we do at the end, which will be a summing up as we always do. 
I mean, I imagine the others will be quite drunk by then. And uh, the booze will have taken its toll. And when the booze takes its toll, that's always a bad thing. But they behave themselves quite reasonably so far tonight, I think. Well, I'm quite worried that they haven't got back yet. Well, they actually talk. Did the dogs just come and plonk themselves in front of the camera? Well, it was quite funny. I went, you're in charge of the podcast now, and put the camera in front of them. At which point they got down and left and looked fucking terrified at the prospect. But then decided I disappeared. Had, 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 a, had a couple of seconds to think about it and thought, yeah, no, do you know what? We can do this. Yeah. They kind of realised that they'd sat around watching humans do it. With it. How hard could it be? I watched one get up and then the other just follow. And it was just like, yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're taking the responsibility that you've given them. Good dogs. <laughs> they're, um, they're currently recovering. Well, they've recovered quite well. They had to go into doggy hospital last week to have their teeth done. One had a scale and polish and was deemed quite well. The other one, it, we realised that she needed three teeth out. Ow. Yeah, that was her view of the subject. And out of the two, which one do you think recovered quicker and dived straight into eating biscuits again? Well, I mean, the obvious answer is... Yep, exactly. <laughs> little, little Miss Wussy, I had my teeth polished, took her about a day to get around to eating again. Little Miss Stoic, I don't care, I've had my teeth out, went, food! I was going to say a thing about the ending of that half, but I kind of just want to just dive straight in and watch straight on with the next bit because my memory is it, that was really quite a dramatic cliffhanger ending, so I kind of don't want to hang around. What do we think? Yeah. Yeah, let's go for it. Right. As ever, dear listener, when we press play, you press play, and we will finish season whatever it is of Doctor Who and the Big Bang Theory with the Big Bang in three, two, one, and play. Previously, said, go back to the start. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back at Hartnell now. <laughs> uh, oh, look, the TARDIS in the school in, in that scrapyard. That's really good. <laughs> uh, my, uh, I had BritBox for a while uh, because I got it free with my with my phone contract. Uh, who'd you call? Uh, who'd you? What phone have you got, John? <laughs> I've, I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I've, I've got an iPhone uh, 11 Max Pro. Who um, makes that? Say what? Who makes the iPhone? It's, it's, a, it's a, a fruit company. Who is it? Is that the same fruit company that produced Chris Martin's daughter? <laughs> yes, Blackberry. Just, just, just to go back to <laughs> Oh, if he'd called his daughter Blackberry, that would have been fucking Blackberry, amazing. That would have been awesome. Motorola. But I, uh, yeah, so I had BritBox for a while. Other other platforms, other streaming platforms are available, and I, I had it free with 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 my mobile phone contract for a year. And I got a message from them saying your your BritBox uh, streaming finishes on the twenty third of October. Uh, if you would like to continue paying four ninety nine a month for it, please uh, do nothing. Uh, otherwise, hit stop. So, so I obviously sent the text saying stop. Yep. Uh, and and now I've been bombarded with emails from BritBox saying, "Is it something we did? <laughs> something you attempted to charge me?" <laughs> and 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 they actually sent me a survey monkey thing, and they said, "How much would you be willing to pay?" 
and they gave they, they, they gave me all these lists and I put it down to the absolute lowest price that they made available and I hope that they'll come back to me and say, Okay then, we'll give it to you for one ninety nine. <laughs> but they haven't as yet. See, I object because you have ITV Hub and you have yep. iPlayer. So and I know they've taken a ton of stuff off off the ITV hub to put it on BritBox. Yeah. But why when my license fee pay, my license fee pays for iPlayer and advertising pays for ITV Hub. Yeah. Do I need to throw a fiver a month just to catch up with episodes of Morse? Because this um, is why when two things which are supposed to be the opposite come together and work together, the result is always bad. So when cats and when dogs the team up, the Cybermen. Yeah. yeah. And when cats and dogs team up, it's all going to go to shit. Yeah. Okay, Peter. <laughs> I mean, has, has anybody, presumably, did you get to see a couple of episodes of Spitting Image? Yes. No. Was it any good? I, I watched one episode and thought, I'm not going to watch the second. Oh, okay, answers that one then. Uh, there was, there, it was, well, well, in my opinion, we're now operating in a kind of post-satire society. I don't think there's, I, I think anything that you can potentially satirise is too fucking depressing. That's true. And and anything that they, they, they did attempt to satirise, I think they were punching down. Ah. Uh, because, uh, you see, it was okay when Spitting Image in the 80s was punching up. Yeah. But I don't know how you can, given that the Prime Minister is beyond parody because he's just a complete moron, and his special advisor is beyond parody because he's clearly an utter asshole. I'm not sure where you go from there. Well, well I mean, well, that's the thing. I was watching there was like there was like a sketch where where Boris Johnson uh, goes off and pretends to be a student. Uh, and I think you can I can think you can see it on YouTube. He just basically try to get away from all finds out all these great things that students are capable of, like having like like like. Uh, anyway, I won't, I won't, I'll, I'll, don't I'll ruin it because it, it, it might be comedy gold. I, and I felt, I felt that it was actually taking the piss out of students more than it was taking the piss out of Boris Johnson because yeah. you can't take the piss out of Boris Johnson. So then, by the very nature, it was like kind of going, "Oh, is there a vegan option?" and blah blah blah, and then just going, "Well, you're just taking, you're just taking the piss out of." Yeah. As opposed to that, that's not why this show was created. It was supposed to be highlighting the buffoonery of. The, the people that is, it, is, it, is it the South Park argument of we attack everybody? Well, yeah, but it you, wasn't you can't attack, especially in a time when you are watching Tory MPs tie themselves in knots trying to come up with an argument that doesn't sound like you're a heartless bastard for not feeding the poor when there's no food in the house. Yeah. Well, I, I disagree, and you should allow them to eat their big dinners in peace. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, obviously, I was going to help the poor, but I sold all my pearls last week, so I don't know what assets I've got left. Yeah, I'm down to selling my diamond shoes, and if but, I sell them, the, what can I moan about? It, 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 the, the the stuff they can't take the mic out of is either too tragic or fucking <laughs> ridiculous. That the there's no way you can say. I mean, how do you satirise Trump? I'm not sure you can. You can. As, a, as a brief aside, that, that was the sound of someone else coming home and the dogs being very excited. Um, I don't think you can. I mean, you can kind of satirise... 
I feel like we're missing a really, really good bit of the Doctor playing with time here. Anyway, no, um, it's, it's you, not so much that. It's more what, why, why, why do they just give up? Why don't they search the place? There's a young girl missing. Yeah, it was yeah. a different time. That no place one cared. Shut down and security and police all over it. Yeah, but she looked like a penguin. So how are they going to spot her? Look, we all we, we all remember a time when a child walked away from a large group and everyone just went. Meh. And went home. It happened all the time in the 80s. Um, I think when Trump started, you probably could satirise him a bit. But as he's gone on and gone on and gone on and got worse and got worse and got worse, I don't think there's anything less left that you can actually attack. Yeah. Because it's just fact now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we peaked with the report that he was going to come out of hospital and rip open his shirt to reveal a Superman logo or something. I'm I sorry, still you just you, you, you can't. I hate to say you can't write that because you can, but it shouldn't happen. No, so yeah, you can't write it because yeah, exactly. When you should... reach the point where Armando Iannucci and Chris Morris are looking at that and going, "That's too far, mate." Yeah, yeah. We need to pay attention to episode now. Oh, do we? Yeah. Uh, and then we can go back to how shit spit and everything does in a minute. But I just feel that this is this was I remember just going, Whoa In a shock turn of event, I don't remember this bit. And the, the, the Pandora kids you recall. I feel we should mention again what a good little actress she is. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course you're expecting him yeah. to be there. Oh god, yeah, I'd forgotten that. And then it's Karen Gillan. Oh, that and was so good. Stick around. This is when it gets complicated. Yeah. And, I, 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 and that pretty much sums up the entire Stephen Moffat era. Yep. Absolutely. Both <laughs> visually and in a dialogue. Stephen Moffat is basically that most telling of Facebook relationship statuses. It's complicated. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if I happen to see uh, an episode of Doctor Who during this era, before my, my, my pal Laura did uh, at, at any given time, I would always start off with, oh, by the way, this is where it gets complicated, <laughs> when I was explaining. Uh, and it was just, so it, it became a bit of a kind of watchword, and I think we were seeing it before this point. Yeah. So it was almost like he, he knew that that was almost going to be kind of synonymous with the way he was writing it. I think... He had some very good ideas, but I think he also thought very big and very wide, but didn't pay attention. So there was a lot of stuff thrown out, but then he kind of left stuff in the ether to drill down a bit. So we lost some things in the process. I think he was too big and too clever at times. I really do. And I, I much prefer the Moffat era to the, the Russell T. Davis era. Which doesn't mean I don't like the Russell T. Davis era. I really do. However, I just felt that some of the reasons that we had big gaps between seasons of Doctor Who and the Moffat era that we didn't have with the Russell yeah. T. Davis era was because he spent so much time patting himself in the back about how. Yeah, quite possibly. Was. Which, which, bear in mind, let's 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 be honest. Next twenty, well, next ten minutes or so is basically just uh, ripping off the Princess Bride and the terms of being nearly dead yes am i right in thinking that this is technically now a call forward with the feds well 
because the, we haven't. The best happens in this episode. Yeah, but yeah. So, te- so technically, when he references it later on, it's then a callback. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of the we're going to call back to this point here yeah. now for this later is, on. This is a bootstrap paradox. Yeah. And an action. Yeah. And that the doctor basically frees himself from the Pandorica. By 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 freeing himself from the Pandorica and then being available in the future to be able to go back in time and facilitate that happening. Because it's it's so, only it's, it's so only the only, reason, the only reason Rory's got that Sony screwdriver to open the Pandorica is because future Doctor came back and gave it to him to facilitate him being able to go in open the Pandorica and let him do that. It's a very complicated paradox, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it's called a bootstrap paradox because you can't lift yourself up by your bootstraps. It's impossible, you know. You can't. You, yeah. you know, so, so it, it's not, not, well. Paradoxes, paradox, paradoxes, uh, by their very nature. I don't know. Paradoxes by their very nature aren't really possible, but this one's an absolute fucking doozy. Paradisey. Paradise. <laughs> um, by the by, the by, dear listener, if you could hear some rattling, rattling and rolling around and grunting going on, that was two dogs deciding now is a really good time to wrestle. Um, going back, yeah, so, go, going back while, while, we, while we have a somber moment. Cool gym or just wrestling. Yeah, no, I, I, I know that. <laughs> I know that. Comes every Thursday at three p.m. Well, dad's at work. It's my birthday. Shush. Um, <laughs> Um, go while we've got a summer moment on screen. I want to go go back briefly to the whole can you take the can you parody and satirize Trump? There was a piece in the Guardian t- today at time of recording, or if you're listening to this next week when I finally upload it last week, uh, an interview with someone in Ohio who was a Trump supporter in 2016 who said. There were things he said that related to me, and I thought, yeah, there's only a few things that spring to mind. But once he became president, that's when I realised that he just kept on tweeting and kept on tweeting and wouldn't shut up. And I read that and thought, he didn't change. No. He didn't suddenly become this racist, big-mouthed, tweetery arsehole. He was that in the two years before he became president. You were okay with it before. Either you suddenly woke up and realised this was bad, or you really weren't paying attention. Yeah. And I'd like to, I I, I try and sympathise with people who got hoodwinked and fell in for it, but I can't, because all the evidence was there. You just chose not to see it. I I, I think a lot of people almost kind of jokingly voted for him under the pressure there's no fucking way he was going to win. And, yeah. uh, and that you know, and I, I think you know, people go, "Haha, wouldn't it be hilarious if we voted for this guy?" Not realizing that every bugger else was thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my 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 take on it was that he never intended to win. Oh, it's, it's, pretty, it's I read. Kind of, oh, what what the hell's happened here? And now he's in a position where he has to win because he's about to face all these questions about his finances. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is now. He could have lost last time and just written it off and gone, oh, you know, fake media, fake news, blah, blah, all his usual buzzwords. And he would have upped the brand. And from yeah. everything I've read and a couple of books on the subject, which were written around but not actually dealing with him, they all the common theme is they were all devastated when they won because yeah. that was never the plan. They didn't want to be held accountable. They just wanted to up the brand 
up the thing, get some money in and bugger off. And they've still tried to do that, but they've realised now they actually have to do stuff. Yeah. And that's what's become increasingly clear, that he just hasn't got a clue. Yeah. I always saw it as the kind of Monster Raven Lenny party. You know, they pay £500, lose on deposit, but the advertising was phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we had a blast. It was great fun. We sold some T-shirts. Yeah, 500 quid. Yeah. Do it again next year. And now we and now we have to rename Buckinghamshire as Twatville. <laughs> it, was in, it was in our manifesto. To be fair, oh, I'm on board with that. Go with it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a hilarious irony if they were the one party that felt obliged to go through with their manifesto promises? Oh, that would be superb. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Am I right in thinking this is the point where Rory just waits? Yeah, where Rory doesn't age, just sits and waits. Big finish serial out of it. Yep. I mean, God, the things that must have happened around him that he was paying no attention to. All those tourists turning up, leaving two hours later, (laughs) moaning, (laughs) going back to the service station because Greg's is still open. Stephen, this was something Stephen Moffat did as well, was the fact that he did put his characters through a bit of hell in a lot of respects. You know, he'd he'd Rory hanging about for 2,000 years, he'd this, that, the other. He'd the doctor aging so much more than he did at any other point in his kind of timeline in his era. You know, you've got Matt Smith hanging about for 750 years in one episode, you've got Peter Capaldi hanging about for like billions of years. Although he had no kind of Recollection of it, but, but spoilers: does, Clara dies, yeah. Bill yeah. dies, <laughs> Amy and Rory die. What? <laughs> he, but he, he does. He does almost kind of go a wee bit too mental in terms of six hundred years have passed yep. or two hundred. You know, uh, whereas R- Russell T. Davis was almost guilty of the opposite. You've got this eternal being that throughout his entire era, over four seasons, ages six years. Yeah. Oh, remember how Jackie was when Rose had fucked off for a year. Yeah. I mean, the thing you've got to really appreciate, though, in all this, and it's it's quite an impressive thing, is that the guy who plays Rory is actually a dyed-in-the-wool method actor. So he, he did actually stay down there for 2,000 years. He actually years. went back in time and sat there for 2,000 years getting in character. Oh, that's, 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 pretty, that's, that's pretty cool. I don't know why he didn't change his clothes in that time, though. Well, the whole removing the Pandora from, from, from uh, you'd have thought he'd have buggered off just to get a change of more modern clothing at some point. No, because the character waited. That was all it said in the script. So he no, waited. He does move the Pandora out of. Well, yeah, but well, that's a self-preservation. Yeah, so, so, so at some point, he could he could like stick uh, stick a rope on his shoulder and just drag it up to I don't know some 17th century clothes shop. <laughs> Master Ben in changes clothes. Ye, ye old looky. Maybe he's, he's like everyone else. He's aware of the kind of cyclical nature of fashion and things. Well, why bother changing? Yeah. Well, to be fair, he probably still remembers the eighties and Adam and the Ants, and just figured it was going to come around again at some point. So, absolutely. If Adam and the Ants had made a th- Fourth album, they would have gone for the full Roman period without a doubt. I quite like the Stone Dalek better than 
the kind of iPod Dalek. Mm. Wasn't the Stone Dalek a big funny story? Probably. No, that was a Stone Dalek. Ah, Stone was Dalek. It. Yes. Oh, I have started my first foray into Time Lord Victoria's Big Finish. Oh dear, how bad is it? I mean, good yeah. is it? Uh, it was it was John Coleshaw reading two short stories about the master. Oh God! Uh, I, does he do the voices? He yeah, does, he does. He does Roger Delgado, uh, and it's Roger Delgado and Anthony Ainley. So that's the two incarnations of the master that he does. Uh, and the basically, it just kind of debonair sounding for the Roger Delgado one, and I've not listened to that Ainley one yet. By some weird coincidence, they happen to bump into Tony Blair, Gordon Brown. <laughs> Larry Grayson, <laughs> Michael Barrymore, just, Margaret I Thatcher. Felt, I felt that the, the only reason they used him as a narrator of the story was on account of the fact that they thought he'd be able to do a good Roger Delgado. But <laughs> it, it's the big finish short trips, so it's not actually like a, an audio drama. It's like a, an audio book more. So, so it's reading a story with prose, etc. And and he goes, oh, where are they? I obviously can't do a Roger Delgado impression, but it just felt it just felt that, that it, you know they could have get any narrator in to do it, but he thought John Coleshaw might actually, you know, do a do a half decent master. Which, which, to be honest, if it'd been anyone else in the role, I wouldn't even have thought twice about it. I was actually expecting more because he claims to be an impressionist. I thought, oh, it's going to be like he's in the room. Well, to be fair, I don't think it's that he claims. <laughs> he has kind of modelled his entire career on. <laughs> but well, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, absolutely, but, you know, I, I expected more from it. Well, you know, see, I, I think, and I've thought this for a while, actually, because when Rory Bremner came back in inverted commas, he came back as a very good political comedian who interspersed his comedy with the voices to make a point. Yep. Mm. And his sketch shows and his stand-up shows became really, really good satire because he would tell you stuff and talk about stuff and make jokes about stuff and then do a voice. Yeah. Whereas John Coleshaw, if you take away the voice, what have you got? You've got John well, Coleshaw. I mean, John Coleshaw can't really do his own voice anymore. No, that's very true. It doesn't really mean it's about 2003. If you took away John Coleshaw's voice, as with anyone else, I don't think the audio would be the medium for <laughs> Yeah, fair point, fair point. <laughs> yes, and now over to John Coleshaw. <laughs> I mean, that's all very weird. Hang on, did, Matt, did, did he just... No. I mean, chances are we probably all would, given the chance, but he didn't, did he? No, no, he didn't just lick his ear, his own ear. <laughs> no, I was going to say, because that would be weird. Who'd do that <laughs> while wearing a fez? That was one of the main reasons that uh, Tom Baker didn't come back for the five doctors, was he wanted a scene where he licked every other of his own <laughs> incarnation's ears, and they said no. It was actually John Pertwee said no. No. Uh, John Perry, everyone else was up for it. John Perry said no, and then Tom Baker said, I'm fucking out. You know what? You'll just, you, 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 you just, you just have to take some some stock footage from the episode that we didn't finish filming. Uh, fuck it, and he was out. You know what? The scary thing is, that actually could have happened. 
And they're saying that in that era of satire being dead, that whole story could genuinely be true. Genuinely have happened. Because Purby is the I mean, one, isn't he? Purby's the one who'd gone, you're not looking my ear. You know, no. no chance. No way. So when Pertwee, when Pertwee died and all the other doctors seemed open to it, that's when Tom Baker started to make a reappearance back into certain aspects. Yeah. He appeared for, he, he appeared for the 50th anniversary. I was going to say he appeared in Dimension in Time, but John Pertwee was still alive for that. So I, I mean, I read, read somewhere that Patrick Trout was willing to actually grow a third ear just to get extra licking in. <laughs> Hello, it was, we're, how are we suddenly on the roof of the BBC in a fez I kind of like the fact that the fez is becomes more of a thing later but it's now here as a thing and he just as grabbed a thing, it and, but just not referenced yeah that. this is it I like the fact this is where Moffat is actually really good and <laughs> he does no one said bless you first, did they? Does the call back first before calling back to it and doesn't mention it and actually makes it a thing way down the line when you're so used to it you kind of forget that it even existed? Well, I thought it was fascinating insight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just pondering it. Okay, ponder away. In the meantime, Matt Smith is trying to get a better signal on his sky dish. Yep. <laughs> We've all, we've, all, we've all tried well, it, mate. Why, why we've all gone to the roof when, when there's been a, a match featuring Manchester United <laughs> in the European Cup. And we've all fallen off that roof trying to adjust that. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a weird way for Matt Smith to go, just like yeah. emulating the Rod Holder. But... <laughs> yeah, but not, not as weird as Matt Smith and the Doctor suddenly having a weird dead bird on his arm that just that just, just didn't make any sense to me I didn't he never referenced it again uh, I, I'm, I'm finding it really strange that that after he's talking about the fact that Rory didn't change for 2000 years he's suddenly dressed as a security guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, well, I was, was, was going to point that out but uh, can't start it on the uh, satire again um, <laughs> sorry carry on if you've got a point to make just wave your hand I'm not looking um, at the screen but, but yeah um I know he changes in the end, but that's like literally the only time. I think the reason I carried on talking is I made a joke about ye oldie looky shop and no one laughed, so I just figured, fuck you, yeah, I'd carry on regardless. <laughs> this is uh, my uh, podcast, and if I've got a view <laughs> I want to get out and yeah. there's only three people listening, this is where I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's totally. You, you are my audience. Crack on. <laughs> I'm going to uh, probably, now, now that we're watching this, I'm probably going to re-watch this episode Songs podcast. Because uh, I, I remember how much I actually liked this two-part finale. And yeah. I feel like... Well, this is, what, this, this is what I was saying earlier on, that after the disappointment of every single second part in the RTV era, yeah. to have two episodes, which are a two-parter, which are so different, Yep. Can I just point out at this point that given what wind and rain can do to a sky dish, there's no way they are up to withholding the blast of a Dalek. Even when it's not fully, yeah. fully working. Um, Have you ever tried using one of those mini dishes as, as a shield before? Not yet. Exactly. But that's because I that's haven't actually updated my exactly. address with and the Dalek sorry, Hive. I'm uh, sources, please. <laughs> and this is where you turn around and say, "Well, actually, 
you could research it yourself. Just Google it, and I say, well, no, it's your, it's your, it's down to you. You've made the statement. I need you to, uh, to, to, to actually prove the, the, the point that you are making. Just like, and then, and then you just put a load of memes down. That, that's basically how it works. Um, Do you remember the when of proof? Do you remember when social media was fun? No. <laughs> I'm showing my age. I remember when it was on MySpace. Go, go back to what we were talking about just a couple of minutes ago before that. Can I, what, I can't call that non sequitur because it was really a sequitur. Uh, but I, I, I think this probably, to me, is still the best two-part finale. This is. You who's done. Yeah. 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 Well, as discussed, my memory's shot, so we'll have to come back to that at every other point through the through the podcastery. But it is depending on what happens with uh, I, I think series twelve has a is, is going to be close, possibly. When series twelve? This is this being series eleven. When series twelve? <laughs> I think series twelve has a chance of being close to it. But it depends what the resolution is. Yes. Yeah. But this is. Oh. Oh, you've been shot by one of them before. You're fine. But, but again, this comes back to what we've talked about before in risk of death and fear of mortality, that whole sort of James Bond can't die kind of thing. The end of the season, you don't know, in the same way that Amy could have died halfway through the series, you don't know that Matt Smith couldn't possibly die at this point. There's gen- genuine peril here. Mm. and genuine tension, and this really was... And Rory actually stepped up and did an acting, which is quite scary. Is Rory doing an acting, is he? He's doing an acting because he's looking stern. That was lesson three in his online acting course. I, I still think one of the best things they could ever do would be if they successfully pulled off on a generation without any of us knowing it was coming. If, I agree. I think I still think they should do it. I know they won't Midway because of through a series. Yeah. Don't give any clues. Yeah, totally. And then it'll get its normal three, four million people watching, and then would get another. Yes. Oh, the iPlayer version would explode. No, it'll get twice that, then twice again from people rewatching. Yeah. If they pulled it off, yeah. But the, but the problem is they've got so hooked into the Nathan Turner thinking of marketing and selling the regeneration as a way of driving the Three audience. Years and yeah. That they kind of have lost track of the fact that if they just dropped it in, like you said, mid season, yeah. that would be amazing. Should we just point out the whole uh Dalek begging for mercy there? And no. then yeah. obviously no. is it uh Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar? No. Where the doctor says that the, doc- the Daleks don't have a concept of the word mercy. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. Right, four, four years later, and uh, yeah, rewriting. Not important. Rewriting not important. his own rules. No, time not traveling, Time traveling. No, that might have been a Dalek from a, from the future. Ah, oh, could have been. I mean, bear in mind that the Daleks never used to be able to hover or fly. Yeah. Or wear yeah, fezzes. It is true. Although, that, although, just, although I would like a... to hear if that's the case, a Dalek, um, what, what Dalek would call the um, season seven episode where it's all in the desert. What would that be called by Dalek? A, a town called, what, what would they do in place of? 
I'm going to leave you to this. I don't, I'm not too sure which pun you're careering towards it's slowly a, and it's, it's stumbling, but go for it. She's talking about a town called Mercy. Did you realise that John also can't, doesn't have the word Mercy in his vocabulary? Yeah, Did you realise that until about five seconds ago? So John's a Dalek is what we're I, saying. I, 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 I failed French at school. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's not often that John will do a French joke. Yeah. I do know one French joke, but, but I'm not going to do it on the podcast. That's very kind. Much obliged. Yeah. <laughs> this is it's where... It's not often John will do a French joke. That's a fantastic tagline. <laughs> uh, if that isn't your next show, mate, I was... <laughs> Good, because I need, I need a name. Just, just build up entirely to not doing a French joke at the end. <laughs> <laughs> now for the finale. I think the other reason I love River Song so much, aside from all the in-universe dramatic, attention. yeah, is Alex Kingston bought into it so quickly and from the off. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was just there. There was none of this getting to grips with the character crap we've had to live through with all the assistants. She just went, "I own this." Boom. It's originally supposed to be Kate Winslet. Oh dear God, that would have been awful. I like yeah. Kate Winslet as an actress, but she's now Alex Kingston in this. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be Kate Winslet for Hi. the Silence in the Library. And I don't know what happened, but I'm glad it wasn't. Can you imagine Alex Kingston in Titanic? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure it was for that reason I was referencing it, but okay. Oh, we're back to my other conversation about Lottie and Bake Off. Reference. I've got a French reference. <laughs> <laughs> Paint me like your French Alexes. Yes. Yeah. I'm wondering as well, either she is as good an actress as she appears in this, and I'm not saying she isn't, but was she given the full backstory? So when she talks to Amy and when she talks to the Doctor and knows stuff that the Doctor doesn't her, know in that moment. Her, um, timeline wasn't done until like December 2016. Okay. And her first appearance was in, would have been recorded back in 2007. So if you honestly believe Stephen Moffat knew exactly what he was going to be doing with this character nine years before he finished her arc off. Fair point. I was giving him credit there. She said that she was privy to stuff before other people were, and it, it actually uh, shaped how she did certain scenes. Yeah. However, uh, Laura's absolutely right. Uh, there's no way, there's absolutely no way, to the extent that, that they, they try to retcon the fact that she does you know, they try to retcon the stuff that happens in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it was more that makes sense when you know about River. Yeah, this is it. It was more that scene with Amy just then. I was just wondering if River and Alex, if they'd already decided how she came about, as to whether that was or whether she's just a bloody good actress. She, Alex Kingston has claimed if you ever watched Doctor Who Confidentials and stuff because I think they were still making it at this point but yeah. in interviews she claimed that Stephen Moffat pretty much gave her a, a very kind of 
loose description of how it was going to go, uh, which means to an extent he had to join the dots. But I think he he, he was making a lot of it up as he went along. Oh yeah, yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And it had okay. a good time to actually work it out. Yeah. And to be fair, broad strokes. Work, so. Yeah, broad strokes. There, there, there's there's certain things that happen in this two parter which annoy me slightly in terms of what you then later find out about River. Yeah. Uh, even uh, even in the next season, but we'll talk more about that when we get to uh, A Good Man Goes to War. Yes. Uh, Which does make me think, if this is Stephen Moffat winging it and throwing it together as he goes along, how much better would Lost have been if Stephen Moffat had done that? Yeah. Wouldn't have got a polar bear for a start. I, I, I'm, I'm going to defend Lost again slightly here. Right? Oh, Lost don't is, bother. Lost, Lost was supposed to last for three seasons. It shouldn't have lasted one. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I like the first three seasons of Lost. But uh, again, uh, while they were making season three, they knew it was going to last for more than three seasons. And then they started to kind of make changes and blah, blah, blah. And actually, they did quite a lot with Stephen Moffat. I accused Stephen Moffat. They started to throw lots of stuff at the wall, which they then subsequently uh, didn't yeah. back to any point later on and blah, blah, blah. But, but they had a very specific plan for Lost. And then money got in the way and they said, this is too successful to stop making this. You need to give us more sort of thing. And I think if they'd been allowed to stick to their original three-year plan, then we would have got a better show out of it. Well, yeah, but you mostly find that without changes of writing teams and everything else and the storyline progressing, that things should normally finish after about three series or so. Yeah. Oh, As no, a general true. rule, not always, obviously. but Yeah, but you say that. We'd have lost at least four classic episodes of Frasier if we finished at season three. I said it's a general rule, not everything. And can you imagine Cheers without the Scientologists coming in and ruining it for five years? Originally, there was a scene after the four had been reunited in the museum where Amy had a meltdown and Rory assured her it was okay. This was cut due to pacing issues, which pleased Arthur Darvel as he disliked his performance in the scene. That scene? That's the only one he was upset with? Did he not watch anything else he ever did? <laughs> oh, he lost the fez. Small point, but a relevant one. Well, who puts a hat stand right in front of the door? Me. Oh, okay, so sorry. Oh, sorry, coat stand, whatever. Like the, the actually, yeah, the mark, the mark steel coat rack thing. Why would you put it right in front of the front door, especially in a building that only has one door? That's just impractical. It's got more than one door. Where's the other door on the TARDIS? They've got. If you go back to the Tom Baker era, they've got a secondary console room. You go out the other side. But that's not been used for some time, so I suspect got lost in a redecoration at some point. Ah, okay. Oh, there we go. We got a bat of James Corden. Oh, that was awful. I mean, I hated that bit. But, I mean, uh, again, at the end, uh, kind of time of time of angels and flesh and stone. People were talking about the the the, the continuity error, which we've been able to. The, 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 the fact that the, the, the doctor's wearing a jacket when he goes back and talks to Blind uh, Amy. And of yes. course, here's the payoff. I believe, 
we brought that up on the podcast. We did bring it up on the podcast, but in, I mean, in, in our defence, uh, it's a 10-year-old episode, and if we didn't know that's what was going to happen, having to see that, <laughs> then but, but people, people on the, the Doctor Who forums were commenting on the fact that people after Flesh and Stone uh, aired were convinced this was a future Doctor, which I think is just mind-blowing that people yeah, actually Yeah, people after that. the Big Bang were, think, were convinced that this scene wasn't in the original script and this was only re-recorded, re-filmed to put it in there to explain the continuity error. Oh, come on. Even I don't fall for that. Like, 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 like they've got six weeks between episodes or eight weeks between the uh, episodes that they can get everybody back in just to film a 30-second skit. Yeah. yeah. And you're just thinking, do they do that for everything? You know, if there's like a scene, if there's a scene at the end of uh, End of Time and Jack's at the bar and from another angle there's less alcohol in his drink. And then they go, oh, well, we need to retcon that. <laughs> and he turns up with a straw and goes, whoop. It runs off. Yeah. Um, that can't be comfortable. I'm sure Paddington... Most, most, if, if you had made that continuity error where you see the Doctor's jacket, you'd just went, oh, do you know what? To hell with it. You it, really would. Far from the worst continuity error ever. It's much more impressive the other way around that people went, oh my God, this is important. We see, if people spotted it and thought it was important, at least they were paying attention. I mean, it's mm-hmm. idiots like me doing it 10 years, 15 years down the line and going, hang on, that jacket. So which proves I was paying attention this time round and I wasn't first time round. <laughs> they made such a hoo-ha. This wasn't filmed at the same time. What? According to IMDb, despite the fact that they were just there with Smith yep. and Caitlin Blackwood mm-hmm. on, on the same set, this wasn't recorded at the same time. <gasps> so this is go back and the this is the bit they retconned. Oh, kids today and then. <laughs> Actually, so, despite the fact that uh, I can guess, I can guess that's somebody else's hand and head. I get that. <laughs> um, little known fact, actually, the, uh, the what's her name? Caitlin was the kids' actor. The, the kids' Caitlin name. Black- Caitlin Blackwood. Yeah, she. Little known fact is that she's actually diabetic, but she wouldn't rest and she wouldn't go to sleep for this scene. And then she fell into a diabetic coma, so they left her for half an hour. Just to film the scene. It worked. I mean, she's okay now, apart from the brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) If her family are listening, I apologise. They're not. It's fine. Um, I do, I, I, I do like how, how this all worked out. I do, yeah. I do. No, I, I, re- I really do. There's just one thing which isn't explained and has always grated, which is coming up. Is it the fez? Is it the jacket? Is it the Daleks? Is it the fact that there isn't actually a crack in the wall at all? I'm intrigued as to what was. I'm hoping Laura shed some light on it. This, I will do when it comes up. This scene brings to mind what we've talked about before with the difference between Tennant and Smith. Mm. In that this has got subtlety and nuance and subtlety is understated. Yes, it's underplayed nicely. Yeah. And he's not 
stealing the scene, he's playing yeah. within it. And I don't think that's something you really but they appreciate. Can't close properly until I'm on the other side. Well, this is what I need to do. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go. But I don't want to go. But yeah. I have to. But I don't want to. I just I'll skip the rest of the rewind. <laughs> I'm just going to spend half an hour standing here, leaning against this wall, watching. Oh god! Oh god! Oh, there's a nude. <laughs> oh, where did the ood go? Have the ood died? Mm-hmm. Have the ood just become extinct? We never see an ood again, do we? Silence. You I'm see, right. You, you do no. You do see an ood again. You sure? Yeah. You see an ood in the doctor's wife. There's there's an ood. They they, they did mini swords. They did mini swords uh, for season seven, and you see an ood in Amy and Rory's toilet. There was uh, a bit... That's a poo. Yeah, I was going to say that's not an ood. That's <laughs> not an ood. That's a poo. Basically, if you, if you turn it upside down, you get poo. Well, hang on. If you turn the word the word "ood" upside down, you do get poo. They're weird. Sorry. <laughs> Someone has just walked in halfway through that conversation and now has no idea what's going on. <laughs> you, you do see. You do see the. Is it an ood? Is it a poo? I don't know. <laughs> um. We're almost three episodes away from the Doctor's wife as well, aren't we? And Ood yeah. is just an upside down. I think we've got the, uh, the 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 opening two parter and then the Doctor's wife. I think. I, I think so. I think so. I could look, but then you'll hear tippy tappy. No, I'm pretty sure I'm right, Mum. I can't think of any other season six episodes which have relevance. Lord, have and we, we are not watching the... Curse of the Black uh, Black Pearl. Or not? Have we missed the bit that you were saying wasn't? No. Where did where did she come from? Where did she come from? Well, well she she's, does... she's, she's she's been pooed back into existence. Well, she she, she, did. she, she did doesn't exist. She does. She exists in the rebooted universe. Ah. Amy's parents Amy's parents were lost in the crack and now that the cracks have been kinda reversed. Has he been in lost. anything else? No. No, no, it's, 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 it's like an English Danny DeVito, it's really weird. Just good. But, Dan, but Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. Yes. <laughs> Which also makes the other woman um, Rhea Perlman by some weird twist of fate. <laughs> uh, mm. Um, just looking ahead to season six, as we brought it up, we are doing, uh, we are two episodes away now from the doctor's wife. Season six is actually shaping up to be rather a good little batch of podcast episodes. Cause you've got the impossible astronaut day of the moon, doctor's wife, good man goes to war. Let's kill Hitler, which is fun. The girl who waited wedding of river song, which is also fun. And because someone hates it, the doctor, the widow and the wardrobe. Hang on. Did, did we, did we? It's on the list. Oh, the, God. the only episode of Doctor Who I've ever watched for once and will not go back to, it's on the list. Oh. Doctor, Widow, and Wardrobe, brackets, because I hate it. Now, bear in mind, you wrote the list. It's the dullest episode of Doctor Who. Well, you put it on there. Oh, Bill Bailey's in it for 30 seconds. I mean, if if you feel the need to hoik it and replace it with something vaguely more interesting, feel free. No, no, we'll do it, we'll do it, it's fine. It's your list. (laughs) Yeah, if Kylie Minogue's in the Doctor, the Widow, the Wardrobe, I would be pissing myself laughing. Brilliant. Here we go. Okay. Right. Okay, the Doctor has been shit out of existence. Yep. Yep. He's been ooed. Nobody should remember who the Doctor is. No. Why does the diary still exist? 
Why is River able to donate the diary as a wedding present? Um, I'm going to go with reasons. Well, That's what raised me. I, 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 I can give you a reason. Go on. Go on. Because she's from the future of this about to be rebooted again timeline. And she's done exactly what the Doctor did with the Pandorica. Good point. At this point <laughs> in time, River hasn't become into existence in any form. River doesn't exist until... River has to go back and give her the book in order to create her own existence. The exact same way the Doctor did with the Pandorica. Is the only, is the only rational answer. If you're thinking that's and, rational, and even then it's totally irrational. Yeah, because yeah, but it shows the, how the doctor escaped. I know, I know. She's, yeah, she, but she, 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 it if, is. If you look at it from that perspective, she's again proven herself to be equal or better than the doctor in some respects, and that she could just do shit like that. But it kind of ties in again. With... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Amy Stad's about to announce he's running for mayor of Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it does tie in again slightly with that whole bootstrap paradox thing. Yeah. In that, in order to come into existence, she has to go back to a time before she exists to create the situation that enables her to exist. Yeah. Oh God, oh God, sorry. Sorry. It's my it's my favourite Karen Gillan performance of the series. I love it. Just I just love just it. because of the one pronunciation. The one pronunciation. Come on, do it. Wedding girl. <laughs> Very David oh, awesome. Yeah, I love ben, the ben, fact that we didn't know what word it was you were on about, so we had to sit there in silence and wait for it. <laughs> yeah. but, but it actually sounds to me like how David Tennant would have said that. You are late for my wedding! As David Tennant goes desperately to try and prove he's not Scottish. But that... David Tennant, she says, you're late for my wedding, and then David Tennant said, I didn't want to go. <laughs> but that is, I think, one of a, def a fine defining Amy Pond moment. And yeah. it has strength and character and passion, and it's one of her great deliveries. I understand what you're saying, but I, there's kind of a very Amy Pond vibe to the whole you are late for my wedding. <laughs> I like the something borrowed, something blue, but as well. I just think it's yeah, no, just, I, I, I like that. It just, yeah, it just is that something borrowed, something blue, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact that the dogs are ready for that. You know, you know, it, 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 that that this to me just shows just how kind of low key, kind of manipulative he is of events, and and uh, the only reason that he went back through the timeline was to kind of keep. Because yeah. he'd proven that, that Amy had been so close to the crack that even things were out of existence, were still kind of in the forefront of her memory. And he seeded the fact that he was a real person that existed into her mind. And it's the only way she could remember that he was there in the first place. It's an interesting take on it because it's kind of played as and written as being 
playful and friendly and keeping your friends close, but actually it's also really weird, sinister and stalky. Yeah, he goes right back and more or less whispers into young young uh, Amy's unconscious mind. You need to remember me very soon. <laughs> whatever. He almost kind of she's beside she's beside the kind of cracks in time that are closing up, and because she's got this relationship because she's grown up with it, he more or less kind of seeds into her mind that it's going. It, it, so, they're very low key about it, but he, he basically does ensure that he can come back so basically, even though they don't really explicitly say it so basically we've got another high profile BBC character whispering into an unconscious child's ear well uh, <laughs> again there's, there's, there's it's there's, awkward there's a whole kind of, there's, a, there's a whole internet thing there's a whole what the hell's happening <laughs> <laughs> we've gone into some very weird paradox now haven't we yeah, how many how many Lauras are there? Two Lauras is, is this is this the tenth anniversary? Someone just had a blue screen. <laughs> so we've we've, we've just, suddenly uh, we've suddenly created the Laura's Laura. <laughs> there, there's there's Facebook pages that specifically refer to the eleventh Doctor as a nonce <laughs> because of this weird relationship he has with very young Amelia and how he you know and, and, and it's just quite quite sinister and, and the least it's ever in the better. The the bit that's scaring me at the moment is Laura has reappeared for a different camera angle and slightly louder. <laughs> this is just you've just you you've, you have you've just transported yourself. I don't even know which point in time and history you're in right now. Would it, would it have been better had I taken this off? Oh, yeah. Coming back in a different, uh, in different clothes. You should have changed uh, yeah. the hat. Laura's yeah. actually come back from the future with a warning that we should not do the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> well, it was her bloody idea. If you can tell other Laura, it was her list, we can't deviate, even though I have played around with it. <laughs> but genuinely, I'm quite happy to ditch that one if you want to put a better episode in I'm, I'm absolutely fine with it yeah let's do it honestly uh, I am absolutely fine with that I mean how how much worse than the Kylie Minogue episode can it oh, be she's gone no, no, she's, uh, gonna, she's gonna come up with a different hat <laughs> see it's different again <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird um, out of interest are you past Laura or are you future Laura which one did which one came in and which one left? Oh, wait, I, I don't know. I, I, I meet you two in a completely different order. <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love the fact that there's no, there's, there's, there's no option for it to be present, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> there is no present in West Brom. Uh, absolutely. Can um, we just talk about the fact that they preempt Mummy on the Orient Express? They, yeah, they do. But that's, like, way down the line. Like, 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 which is five years in the future. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 he, he gets the phone call saying there's yeah, well, pretty much, uh, and they, they they don't they don't even in the Mummy Norton Express episode they don't mention the fact that as far as I'm aware they don't. He goes, oh, I'm a bit late dealing with this, uh, but but also uh, you find out later on why Stephen Moffat the real reason Stephen Moffat referred to this episode as the Big Bang. Yeah, because it's the wedding night. Yeah. That's why 
Oh, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, it's Amy and Rory's wedding night. This, is a, this is a but children's we'll, we'll, show. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go into more detail about... We'll go into more detail about that when we're on season six. We're going back to season six. This being oh, season this, 11. Pay attention. being season 11, does it? Right, so that was the end. The big climax, I think, is the, is the phrase I'm going to use, <laughs> of season five. Um... That was our first full season of Matt Smith. So, the obvious question. Well, what do we think? Loved it. Yeah. Loved the series? Favourite series of Doctor Who? Moo Who? I think, having, as I've said before, having watched them back to back, it's re- I've reappraised my view of the Doctors, and Smith is on one season's viewing at this point, a better Doctor than Tenham. Yeah. I think he's got a nuance, he's got character, he's got depth, he's got subtlety. Yep, absolutely. Well, and Laura keeps disappearing and coming back again, and we don't know which one's going to appear. See, hey. it's just weird. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, Matt Smith blew me away. Which, the, the, the great thing being, and I think I've mentioned it before, the great thing about it being that I really wasn't looking forward to him, because I thought, he's 12! Oh, that's just getting weird now. That's just getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> We've now got Laura on about three different platforms. Um, yeah, this I think that was the thing. When he when he was first cast, he looked so young. Yep. That I couldn't work out why it would possibly work. That's the button I wanted. Um, and yet suddenly we end up with a doctor who is absolutely vibrant and alive and has depth and age, but is young. He's got the childlike qualities. And it comes back to what I said before about are the doctors who aren't fans of the show, the better doctors. Yeah. Well, do you know what I think? It must be quite difficult stepping into a show like this. If you're a fan, because you're probably thinking, Oh shit, what if I screw this up? Yeah. I think that they, there comes with it such a weight of expectation on yourself that you can't step away from that and just be objective. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be George Lazenby. No, you know, this is it. You know, whereas, whereas if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're Matt Smith, you don't care if you're George Lazenby because you're just, it's just a job. But the thing is, Matt Smith clearly grew to love this. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, he uh, wasn't a fan at the beginning, but he was definitely a fan at the end. Yeah, well, this is it, and he he clearly bought into the heritage that had been foisted upon him, and yeah. he respected that heritage and the legacy, and wore it well. And I've never got the sense that Tennant wears it with the same warmth. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Tennant went off to, be, to become an actor and Matt Smith went off to do stuff, but he'd already done the Doctor. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think, you know, the problem is you still get lots of people now, people specifically that got into Doctor Who when it came back in 2005, that still think David Tennant's the best Doctor. And yeah, the problem is... People are just wrong, so it's yep, not... Yep. 
But I'm also weirdly of the opinion that David Tennant probably thinks David Tennant's the best doctor as well. Oh, without a doubt. I don't yeah, doubt that for a second. Because it's going to be... We got proof of that in the 50th, didn't we? Well, I was going to say, it's going to be interesting where we get to, because I'm nigh on certain we're doing it, the episode where the two of them face off against each other on, and team up and et cetera and so on. Well, I'd be very surprised if that's not on the list. Oh, it is, without a doubt. But it also, it's weird looking back on it, watching them in this condensed way we are, that watching Matt Smith after one season knowing there is going to be more now really makes me wish we'd got more of Eccleston. Because I think... Big finish? You can keep saying that word. All it's going to do is make big, me shoot big, you. Big, big finish 15 years after the event is not going to be the same as even one extra series. Christopher no. Eccleston in series two. But then again, would Christopher Eccleston be as holding as high regard had he done the piss-poor series two? Well, that's very true, because, I mean, it could have gone badly wrong or it could have grown. Depending Although on... now I'm just thinking of some of Tennant's first moments in that series. Well, that's the, that's the other thing, isn't it? How have delivered some of the more... Do we know how many of those episodes were verbatim destined for Eccleston? And how many were tweaked and done and re reimagined? I don't, I don't think many of them were. I mean, even like, you, you, you think The Christmas Invasion, right, was written for David Tennant. And that was recorded probably four or five months after he announced he was quitting. Yeah. Because yeah. he announced he was quitting after a week. Yeah. Like literally the week after his first episode and the Christmas invasion starts uh, filming in like July, August. Yeah. By which point, at which point he was still basically the doctor. He just, he just left the series. Yep. So that either means that there, there was a lot of, well, it either means that there was nothing in series two for him and they were expecting him to leave or they knew about it a long time before. Or that he got out because he realised that Series 2 was going to be shit. Well, Chris Eccleston in Love and Monsters. Yeah, can we not? Chris Eccleston talking to Elton in Love and Monsters. Yeah, that's not. I don't think. Yeah, let's remember you know, him fondly. I, I, look at, I look at Love and Monsters, and even though he's not a big part of it, it looks like Love and Monsters was written for Tenant. And it looks like it looks like it looks like New Earth was written for New Earth. Looks like it was written for Tenant. There's there's a couple yep. of episodes where you could, it could be debatable, like the Werewolf episode and um, Tooth and Claw could have been written for Eccleston. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the only thank, the only that, thing thank you rather than just the Werewolf episode. Um, yep. Oh, is that sorry? Did you say it was the same one? I just don't remember the name. The, 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 on, the only thing that defines it as something David Tennant might have done was he had the opportunity to do the Scottish accent, and it feels like that could have just been penciled in because he can do a Scottish accent, and it's only a brief part of it. Tooth yeah. and Claw, School Reunion, I think, was written for Tennant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, thing, I, I, I guess I'd if I'd, I hadn't, I hadn't. I know we talked about it at the time, but I, I, I hadn't realised how well before how early I, into I, 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 part part of me. Despite I, I don't doubt that there were issues between Rusty Davis and the production crew, and what uh, Chris Eccleston thought of them and, and and the way that he was being treated. But I don't think he was ever expected to stay beyond one season, 
ever. That's interesting. Because I know I hadn't realised it was that, and I'm sure we probably had talked about it before, but then maybe I hadn't registered or I wasn't listening. Who knows? That it was a week into the series being on TV that he announced his departure. I thought it was halfway. I don't think it was announced. I think it was leaked. Ah, right. I thought I thought it was halfway through. I think I think it was leaked. So uh, maybe b- 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 before the um, second episode had even been. Mm. Maybe and, then. And the world, isn't it? There is before that even been broadcast. There is a case that a lot of season two was torn up and rewritten. Which would then possibly equate to why it was such a dubious series, and it could arguably have been better had Eccleston stuck around because the script would have been better. It would have been a bit of different arc. It would have gone in a different direction. Yeah, don't know. I appreciate hand gestures and shrugging don't really work on audio. Um, <laughs> uh, Eccleston was the first actor to play the role on the thirtieth of March, two thousand and five. The BBC released a statement stating that he had decided to leave the role. That was the 30th of March, and Rose Doctor Who... This is research in real time, people. ...was released on... Released, was first shown <laughs> on the 26th of March. So, yeah, so it's four days after. Wow. Four days after. Four days after, right. Before episode two aired. Yeah. So I think there is a case you made that you can't really look at season two and go, was this written for Eccleston? Was this written for Tennant? Because they would have had to rip it up and start again. A lot of stuff. It might actually explain why the series suffers so much because a lot of it was rewritten. Yeah. Perhaps. It may, maybe they didn't know. Yeah. I think it, I, knowing that and looking back on it and thinking how well season three did, when they knew who the Doctor was going to be and how well the next season of this is going to go when you know who the Doctor is, that season two did suffer in that they had the whole arc in mind in the scripts and then I it all got thrown in the blender. I series three was written with Ross C. Davis knowing that he could persuade David Tennant to do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't doubt that the stories for that series were in place possibly before the ones for series two were. Because that just has David Tennant written all over it, that entire series. But if you can argue that if you knew you were getting Tennant for season two, you can write for season three knowing you've already got your guy tied in because you've lost one Doctor very early on. You're not going to be so stupid as to risk that happening again. And your contract says you're in here for at least two years. You've just actually reminded me of something, which, which I said I'd get back to when we got to the season five finale. Hey, <laughs> look at that. Callback. Uh, Season five, remember uh, Stephen Moffat was planning season five in the hope that he could get David Tennant to to be the doctor for one more year. Yeah. yeah. And and of course the it was supposed to and I said this when we were filming the, when we were filming when we were doing the, the podcast for the eleventh hour, that David Tennant was supposed to be the one who pops his head out the TARDIS, blah blah blah, talks to Amy, disappears back at the TARDIS, goes away. Amy then meets the Doctor 12 years later, but the Doctor doesn't recognise her. And the whole point that, that the season five finale was going to be the Doctor more or less closing these cracks in time. It actually, to all intents and purposes, ends them. And uh, he then crash lands his TARDIS before he's about to regenerate in young Amelia Pond's garden, pops his head out, and then we find out in the season five finale that the David Tennant we saw at the beginning of 
the, the David Tennant we saw at the beginning of the 11th hour was supposed to be post-season five finale Doctor, and then season five was supposed to end. So I thought the 11th hour would have made less sense. Yeah, well, that was his original plan. Uh, the plan was supposed to be that, that well, it was him being wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. So, and as as we've, we've, we've proven already, Stephen Moffat had a lot of kind of half-formed ideas that yeah. he seemed to kind of, which he winged a hell of a lot better than we've anticipated uh, talking about this. But the, 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 the point of the end of season five was supposed to be uh, 10 regenerating into 11 and Amelia Pond was seen out of order. Ah, well, that kind of makes a bit of sense. So then, right, in conclusion, dear people, that's now the third first season of a Doctor we've watched. Fucking hell, this year! Jesus Christ! Fourth, the fourth we saw, we saw, we saw the the the, the pilot, the pilot of. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, if we're going to drag McGann into this, that's the fourth first season of a Doctor we have watched this year. Uh, none of it's so. The longest serving Doctor, you mean? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Um, how do as we're going to drag him into this as long as serving Doctor, how do we think Smith stacks up against his predecessors at this point after one year? For a first series, it's yeah. the best opening series of any Doctor. Any Doctor? That's a bold claim. I would agree. Is it? I would agree. That Tom Baker's got some crackers in it. Name another Doctor who hits their stride in the first series. I, I would possibly put Tom Baker in that. First series. First series. I think he. I think he hits it and is mad enough from the off. Mm. Possibly. Do you know, I I, 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 don't rate Tom Baker as highly as anybody else in Who fandom does. But I'm aware of the fact that he is an iconic Doctor. But I don't actually really rate his first season at all. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just kind of loosely remembering and adapt Eccleston has a very like, you just go new here Eccleston has a really good first series yeah but that's all it is yep. it's a first series the first series is the last series yeah we know what I think about yep. Tennant's first series we know what I think about Capaldi and, and Jodie's oh but we haven't got series. there yet we haven't got there yet so they don't technically exist I, I know I know but I've, I've made no secret of my hatred for Series 8. No, but that doesn't exist yet. I have so you can't... before, but I love Series 5. Yeah. And it's the only Doctor whose trajectory goes down by the end as opposed to up, in my eyes. Yes. I, 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 do, I do agree with what I'd say that uh, Matt Smith is the best opening season of any Doctor. I think as well... And I know we've talked about this before in terms of the power and the responsibility of the companions within the universe. The fact that we got a new Doctor and new companions at the same time, and they both hit their stride and hit the ground running and really delivered, does make this one of the strongest, without a doubt. Possibly the, possibly the strongest. I'm always wary of saying that because the next thing you do is always the best thing ever and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, best goal scored, best film ever, bollocks. But this is definitely, for first season, although I'm going to be slightly controversial and suggest Hartnell on the grounds that it had never been seen before, so you have to factor in that that had massive impact. Yeah, well, yeah, no, absolutely. Different well, time, I mean, uh, two channels. Black and white. Yep. 
black and black, black and white. Yep. No. Was, 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 was it Hartnell's best series out of the three, though? <sighs> well, you can't class the third one because that kind of gets a little bit lost in his health. But the second one was possibly better. Is this, and we'll come back to this, as I think we have done before, are we going to go on and say this was Matt Smith's best season? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, that was a short conversation. I just, I, I just said Matt Smith's trajectory goes like, series, series three is up here. Series six is slightly lower because it gets a bit silly at times, and the weaker episodes are weaker. Yeah, that's fair. They point. are the filler episodes are just not, not, not terrible, but they are weaker. And then series seven, a if we split series seven completely into the two parts, yeah, yeah, series seven. A is below series six, but still, you know, it's it's okay, but it's short. Yeah, yeah. And then I could do with never seeing the whole of series seven B up until um, the name of the Doctor. Okay, really. I don't care for any of the six episodes until name of the Doctor. Really? Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Do you not like the comments so She goes, "Yay, Wolf!" And then it picks back, obviously, up again with the um, series six, seven B finale, the fiftieth, and then uh, time of the Doctor, which gets a lot of hate. I love. Okay. Okay. I do love time of the Doctor. So I mean, don't mind seven B at all. Uh, I, I don't think it's great, and I think seven is better. And I think it probably is the weakest half of the, you know, the weakest season of Matt Smith's tenure. I Seven B just suffers from the same thing as Series Eight does, and that's Clara overexposure. Yeah, and I, I, I don't have a massive amount of love for the closing episodes of Matt Smith's tenure as we career towards regeneration. I feel it gets dragged out. Not quite as much as Mr. Leany against the wall lingering, but it does fit. You do it at some point, you do feel like you've lived every single hour that he has rocking on his chair and making toys for the kids. I, 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 I like it. I, I like Time of the Doctor. I mean, again, I, 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 I'm reappraising I like as I go. But, but I, I, I like it, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm not saying it's I had, not. I had, a, I had a friend who, about midway through series four, um, turned around and said, I'm, 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 I'm ready for Tenant to go now. Yeah. Because it was just at that point where it's just like, yeah, this is overplayed now. It's been a couple of years. I'm ready for something fresh. Yeah. And I didn't really see it with Tenant. But bear in mind, Matt Smith is my favorite doctor. Yeah. I felt it with him. In a way, must possibly that's because you were. As you said, he's your favourite Doctor, so you were more emotionally invested in it. So when it started to wane, you felt it more. Yeah. Whereas you were slightly more on the outside with Tennant and observing rather well, than experiencing. I really enjoyed Tennant. So no, no, like but I'm not. I'm not. Him to go. I'm not. I'm not in any way denigrating or diminishing your enjoyment of each episode per se. But as you've said, Smith is your favourite Doctor, so I think maybe you were more emotionally invested in the same way that. I was, I still think, of the new era, most emotionally invested in Capaldi, weirdly. From his announcement. So every 
high I really felt and every low I really felt, which is why yeah. Capaldi's first season hurts because the opening episode is great and then it just goes on a fucking roller coaster that it shouldn't have gone on. And I'm be... on the Orient Express and Time Heist are okay. <laughs> and yeah. every time Messi appears on screen, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. I'm on board with that. If we could have just kept Clara in the back cupboard of the TARDIS for the whole thing, I'd have been fine. Do you know what? I prefer Chris, Rack, uh, Chris Addison, Addison as, uh, as the companion in that series, and he's just irritating throughout the entire thing. Yes. I would prefer that. I, I I actually think Clara works better with Capaldi than she did with Smith. Oh, yeah. But not until Series 9. Yeah. Not until Series 9. Seri- series 8 and some of Series 7B is just, let's make Clara the Doctor. Let's make her his equal. Yes, which was just horrendous and awful and, you know. To, to, to the point, and we'll get to it, obviously, <laughs> is it, is it um, Dark Water where yeah. at the, the, the start they replace... Uh, oh yes, that's right. Opening credits with Clarice. Yes, that's oh right. man, Cause, no. Because she's just because she's just on the line. I'm the Doctor. Yes. Oh god, that was oh, awful. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, totally. Anyway, right. So. Right. Yes. Sorry. Three and a half hours have gone by. <laughs> Two and a half hours. We've done okay. <laughs> we did all right. I like the fact that that picture is absolutely superb. Right. Um, so there we are. We have reached the end of season, whatever it was, of Matma Thing and you do uh, the Doctor, what's it, and hurrah. Uh, we will be taking a short break while we recon- sort of just reconfigure ourselves and get our brains back in gear. And in the meantime, we, we are going to be honest is because none of us can perform well when there are bangs outside. No. Rephrase that. I don't perform well when there are bangs in here, to be I, honest with you. I, 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 I've got a small dog who doesn't react well to fireworks, so let's be honest. Yeah, I've got two who let's definitely, be definitely don't. have got about ten days of it. Yeah, in that period, before we start season six. six. Yay, look at or that. Twelve, can... or 12 in Carmier. Yeah, I can count. It's fine. No problem. Actually, we're, we're going to go on a different different timeline. We'll do season 13 next. Um <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let me just get my other self, my future self, back out. <laughs> um, in the Don't meantime, do what it. we the master's the ball. <laughs> anyway, um, we are going to set about possibly launching ourselves on YouTube and possibly actually remembering we have SoundCloud and Mixcloud accounts and putting everything up on there for you to catch up. What on. I have learned, what I have learned from tonight is I need to. Um, we can only do the YouTube on a on a shorter episode. Because I think my blue screen earlier was caused by the fact that we've been doing this for so long. Oh, okay. So we need to be recording for like an hour. Because obviously, obviously, let's let's just pull back the curtain a bit. Obviously, can't record this. I'll be recording it too for for reasons. Because we were talking about possibly putting the audio up and just playing around. and just Audio and me messing about. Yeah, for the early ones. Random stuff. Stuff and like yeah. whenever I'm talking random trivia, actually sticking the trivia up on. Yes, you're basically. I know, but I but I also need the audio to do that. You see, so. Well, we yeah. that we'll be sorting that. That's admin. We don't need to bother the listener with that. No, crap. no, no. But I'd, I'd like to pull back the curtain. Well, I had heard. Um... <laughs> you're gonna cut this shit out anyway. It's no, fine. I'm not staying in. I can't. Oh, no, I, no. You don't think I get this part at the end of an episode? I didn't care what we're saying. Do you? That just. <laughs> If anybody listens this far into the episode, they deserve some shit. Um, 
Yeah, so we're going to be looking at a few other interesting avenues, and then we'll be back in about I don't know, a week, ten days' time when people have stopped setting fire to the world and creating big bangs. Yeah. Um, although, to be fair, as we're going to be coming back to you after November the 3rd, we don't even know if the world will exist. True. This may be the last time you hear from us ever. After the Big Bang. Because if that fat twat gets back in again, the Russians are coming for us. Um, on that joyful note, I wish you all a happy Christmas. Um, <laughs> until next time, whenever that may be, in whatever shape the world happens to be, this has been Laura over there. No. Uh, John over there. Bye. Me here, not having a clue what's going on. And we will see you again very soon. Bye.